We begin with the visiting Toronto Argonauts starting defense at linebacker number 38 from Penn State, Reggie Gibbons. The right end from the University of Toronto, number 61, John Raposo. Left tackle from Texas, El Paso, number 91, Demetrius Maxey. Number 92 at right tackle. He's from the University of Arizona, Rob Waldrop. At linebacker, number 37 from Arkansas, Ken Benson. Number 50 from Walt, linebacker Mike O'Shea. Also at linebacker from James Madison, number 26, Kelly Wilshire. Starting at halfback, number seven. Out of Mississippi State, Johnny Harris. Number 10 from Mississippi, Antonius Bonner. On the corner, number 12. From Southwest Missouri State, Adrian Smith. Number 19, also at quarterback from Liberty, Donald Smith. And make it three Smiths in a row from the Citadel, number 36, Lester Smith. Coach Don Matthews and the rest of the Eastern Division champion, Toronto Argonauts. And now, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders starting offensive unit, the center. From Carlton University, number 54, Carl Coulter.
the other side at guard. Number 67 from Windsor, Dan Kamiski. Livingston State at left tackle, John Terry. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! The right tackle, number 60, from the University of Saskatchewan, Gene Makowski. Receiver number 85 out of Fresno State, Titus Whiten. Also at wideout from Texas Southern, number 80, Donald Narcisse. Number 10 at slot back from Saskatchewan, Dan Farthing. Number 89, also at slot back from Oklahoma State, Curtis Mayfield. The fullback, number 35, out of Bowling Green, Sean Daniels. Tailback from Iowa, number 32, Mike Saunders. And at quarterback, number 17 from Auburn, Reggie Slack. Coach Jim Daly. And the rest of the Western Division champion, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here are today's game officials. The referee from Calgary in his eighth Grey Cup game, Dave Yule. The umpire making his fourth Grey Cup appearance, Ancaster, Ontario's Dave Hutton. From Sherwood Park, Alberta, in his second Grey Cup, the head linesman, Heinz Brademan. Also from Sherwood Park, in his Grey Cup debut, line judge, Daryl Barron. The side judge from Orland Park, Illinois, in his first breakup, Jack Lyman. Our back judge is from Montreal. It's his 11th breakup game, Jacques Dacari. Today's field judge hails from Hamilton. Breakup number eight for Al McCollman. Our alternate referee is from Edmonton, Bud Steen. And the alternate official is from Grimsby, Ontario, Kim Murphy. Well, Chris, 
there was a clear difference in the state emotionally of these teams. The Argos relaxed, the Riders jacked up. Well, I remember when I was talking to Ronnie Lancaster before the Western Final, he said that a team plays better when they're relaxed. They're not as uptight, they're less likely to make mistakes. You saw Saskatchewan came out of the tunnel, eyes as big as dinner plates, okay. breathing like a pit bull in heat. It's, it's unbelievable right now, they just want to get to the game. Doug Flutie said it after winning the Grey Cup last year in Hamilton. He said, you want to know why Super Bowls are a bore and Grey Cups are exciting? It's because the players are relaxed, as you said, and let their talents come to the fore. And there's Paul Massotti. Played 4-14 four two years ago and suffered through that miserable season and now a chance to win two straight cups, Chris. And a great guy. Just a character guy. This is a big veteran on this squad. He knows what it takes. He's a Canadian wideout who is not the quickest, but gets the job done and probably runs as precise a route as a wide receiver does in this league. All right, Chris, the National Anthem. Stadium as Juno award-winning country music vocalist of the year Paul Brandt treats us to a warm rendition of O Canada. And now Chris Wally, mere moments to the kickoff itself. The players have been introduced. Now I'm sure their emotions are beginning to subside as they begin to think of the task at hand as we await the ceremonial kickoff today three of Canada's most decorated athletes will join forces for the kick here at the 97 Grey Cup at Commonwealth Stadium and wait till the fans see who they have in store for this Dave Cutler Tom Wilkinson teammates of that great Edmonton dynasty of the late 70s and early 80s Cutler with 72 points in Grey Cup action that's tops all time in the Canadian Football League and look at Wilkie he can still move and still looks like he did when he was a quarterback. <laughs> Wilkie, of course, coaching college football now, the University of Alberta. And how about Dave Cutler? Was he the last guy to kick off his toe? Both of them looking at the Grey Cups mounted on the wall here just over our studio at Commonwealth Stadium. Five in a row. Late 70s and early 80s. Wilkie hoisting the pants there. 
And of course, he's on the wall of fame at Commonwealth Stadium. What a team that was, and can the Argos come close winning two in a row? That's one of the questions that will be decided here today as we await a third celebrity to take part here in the ceremonial open, opening kickoff. And he's making his way into the stadium now as you hear the 60,000 fans give it up for the Olympic champion over 100 meters from Atlanta, Donovan Bailey. a good wideout. <laughs> he's actually been approached about trying to play in this league and he's got more things to take care of on the track right now. An amazing story. Uh, a man who was a pretty good basketball player before he started taking the sprint game seriously only three or four years ago. A late bloomer on the track and he blew them all away in Atlanta in wonderful fashion. Well, Mark, we know he's fast. I tell you, I can't fall out of bed as fast as he runs the 100. <laughs> Alright, here's Cutler with the pressure on and he shakes it. of that great Edmonton dynasty. Five years. Nobody better in the CFL. Patrick Burke from the islands getting a warm embrace from Donovan Bailey. Well, I think it's just a great thing when you bring two greats from the past from Edmonton and Canada's superstar in track and field, Donovan Bailey, out here to celebrate what is the greatest game the CFL and, of course, the epitome, the championship. Bailey, of course, his season, his training just about to become underway. As he heads back south to Texas for training, and referee Dave Yule now going to center field for the coin toss. Earlier in the week, they held a coin toss to decide who would call the coin toss. The Argos <laughs> won that, even though they're the visiting team. Well, that's a good thing to have right now. I know sometimes we played in the game, and one of the things that happened to us was we had somebody actually flip the toss for us, and we came out to center field, and it was already decided who got the ball. Really? And it was not a good thing. Jeff Giles, CFL's president, to help conduct the proceedings. Dave Yule awaits his cue. Saskatchewan will send their captains, Bobby Jurison, Donald Narcisse, Mike Saunders, and Dan Rasevich. Jurison, Narcisse, and Rasevich, of course, previous experience in 89. And there's Andre Ware, the backup quarterback, who will be the lone Argo representative. What's with that, Chris? Well, I guess that's been Don Matthews' policy is always send the backup quarterback. He did it last year. Same scenario. But they, if they become successful and defend the Grey Cup and become Grey Cup champions again, he will have different people receiving the Grey Cup. You want the ball, don't you, when you start a Grey Cup, considering these stats. Eight of the last ten games, the team who scores first wins. This is a great spot. The biggest thing is you want to get going. That's the tail. Mr. Giles will flip it. I'll have Mr. Ware to call it in the air, please. Tails, he calls. And it is tails. You can have your choice this half or the turn of the next half. You'll defer to the next half. You will receive. Which end will you kick from? Move them around, gentlemen, please. Saskatchewan, receiving. So the Argos win the toss and defer the decision. And Saskatchewan will receive. Don Matthews attempting to win his third Grey Cup in a row. The high school coach from Portland who 
was groomed in the Edmonton organization. And there's Doug Flutie. He can associate himself with the great Warren Moon. If he can put two great cup championships together, he'll duel with Reggie Slack. Mr. November, has he got one more miracle left? If you didn't know any better, you'd think they were playing for the Green Cup. What a terrific week and a magnificent backdrop here at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. And you couldn't ask for better conditions in northern Alberta in mid-November than these. Well, as Mark Lee mentioned, Don Matthews, his 12th trip to the Grey Cup, says he has enjoyed with his team a perfect week of preparation. On the other side, Jim Daly, his first Grey Cup, but he's got the hang of the playoffs, 2-0. Four members of his staff have been here before. We'll talk about that this afternoon. Doug Flutie will have to wait as the Argonauts have deferred. Reggie Slack will go to work first. Well, enough of the ceremonies, Chris. Let's get this baby underway. There's Titus Winans, Shannon Baker. They're back to accept the kick from the top Canadian in last year's Grey Cup game, Mike Vanderjack. And a live drive on the footing already showing to be a factor. It's Shannon Baker. And Baker breaks the first tackle, and he'll go for a run. Vanderjack, one of the few back. And Baker's all the way down to the Argo 32. What a start. And it could have been fatal for Saskatchewan. It was a problem, Dave Archer, in the Eastern Final, covering kicks for the Argos last week. Well, we knew the footing might be a problem. We talk about the shoes already slipping there, Titus Winings, but Baker gets over. Now, what happens on a kickoff or a punt, if the ball's fumbled, a lot of times the receiving team gets too close to the returner. This happens in a couple of monster blocks, allows Baker to get down the field, cuts down, saving tackle. 74-yard kickoff by Baker, first play of the game. Here's Slack. He'll throw off the option. Narcisse with a catch. And he's down at the 27. 11-year veteran, Donald Narcisse, the quiet superstar of the CFL. So often in big games, Chris, it's the guys that have been here before that are going to make the plays. And Reggie Slack knows he can count on Donald Narcisse. Well, as Mark mentioned, he has been Mr. November. Narcisse got close to seven. Second and three. Reggie Slack outside. Mike Saunders out of the backfield with the catch. And he'll have a first down at the Argo 23. Well, Reggie Slack's got to depend on... The big people up front in this group has played well. Terry, Green, Coulter, Kaminsky, and Mikowski. They've played so well. And this group now, Mike Saunders is going to be a key. Must have him catch the football and run the ball. But Mayfield and Farthing, the two slot backs, will have to make some plays today for Slack. Saskatchewan has started quickly the past two weeks. First and ten at the Argo 23. Daniels straight ahead, and he'll have three. Canadian middle linebacker Mike O'Shea key. This defense dominant all season. Well, revamped off or defensive front, Stewart out, John Raposo in. 
This linebacker court has got a facelift too. Kelly Wilshire will start at linebacker instead of Marcelo Simmons. And the all-defensive player for this team, Lester Smith, anchors a good secondary. Second and seven, Saskatchewan from the Toronto 20. Pressure on. Flag down. Pass incomplete as Rob Waldrop was providing the heat. And our seats covered by Donald Smith. Look like we're going to get a hold here, Chris. Holding. Saskatchewan 54. Penalties declined. Third down. Now center, center Carl Coulter gets flagged for the hold. Reggie Slack decided to throw the football down. Now the hold would have come anyway, but we need to look for Reggie Slack to run the football. That's when he becomes most effective. He had an opportunity to run there, chose to throw. Those are decisions he's going to have to make throughout the ball game, and they also affect how well he is in the game. Saskatchewan scored touchdowns on their first two possessions last week. They have it in position for Paul McCallum. Native of Surrey, B.C. And McCallum off the upright and in. So the Riders get a break. Kevin Mason, the holder for this ball club, and for Paul McCallum. The hands get cold standing over on the sideline. Kevin had to corral this ball. The snap was just a hair wide. He bobbles it just a bit, was able to get it down, and McCallum squeezes it in on the right side. And footing will be a key for the kickers today as well. Remember Dave Ridgeway a couple of years ago here at Commonwealth. He had footing trouble. Ball down on the turf. And a real pile up there is some indecision by the Argonauts. An early optimistic indication from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that they had the football, but it looks like the Argos were able to cover it. Reggie Gibbons at the bottom of the pile. Doug Flutie, six-time outstanding player in the Canadian Football League. Another marvelous season. 47 touchdowns, just one shy of his CFL record. The guy's had another superb season and already has established himself as maybe the all-time greatest. Probably more weapons at his disposal than a year ago. Fakes to Drummond on the first play outside rookie Andre Kerwin, and he has a catch up near the 39 and a gain of 11 for the young wide receiver who gave up a chance for a medical career to play football. Well, Doug Flutie is surrounded by a super offensive line headed by the two-time most outstanding offensive lineman, Mike Kisilak. And then the weapons. Pick one, they'll all kill you. Robert Drummond, the second leading rusher in the league. First down, Argos, Saskatchewan 38. Another fake to Drummond. Flutie, now he'll get rid of it. For Mazzotti, incomplete. Good coverage there by Todd McMillan. Mazzotti now up with the football. Let's see, are they ruling that a catch? Well, Chris, we were screened by the players on the sideline of the Saskatchewan bench, and the ball popped in the air, and then Mazzotti caught the ball while laying on the ground. Wow. Then got up and made a nice run down the sideline. Terrell Omer was there, but he made a super catch. Homer is there, may have gotten there a little early, but the ball pops loose, lands right in the lap of Mazzotti. 
and it turns into a 33-yard catch for Paul Mazzotti, the 10-year Argo veteran. Here's a flip to pinball inside through Greg Clark's tackle and pinball down to the 27th, and the Argos marching with their first possession. Now the Saskatchewan defense has their work cut out for them today, and the defensive front will have to contain Doug Flutie and also Pinball Clemens. Jurison, the outstanding defensive player nominee for this team, will head that part out. Greg Clark and a linebacker corner that really hasn't played all year will head that group. Terrell Omer and Dale Joseph, two super halves. Joseph, an all-west selection. Crowd making noise as Flutie tries to change the play out of the shotgun. And Doug Flutie is going to call timeout or take the delay. And you told me just prior to the game, this crowd could cause some problems for him today. Well, Doug Doug likes to do a lot of things out of a no-huddle offense, likes to do a lot of things from the shotgun, which separates him from his offensive line. As much as they like to spread their receivers, can be difficult for them to hear what he's saying also. That situation, Robert Drummond lined up incorrectly. That's why they took the penalty. So it's first and 15. Flutie unloads Drummond underneath. Gary Rogers is there. Dale Joseph moved up. And a short gain to Drummond. Flutie four for four in the opening drive. Well, Robert Drummond lines up outside. He's just an outlet pass for Flutie. Flutie gets a little pressure and drops it off. But Rodgers and Jail Joseph are there to shut that one down for a four-yard or for a one-yard gain. Now second and 14. So less than a couple of yards. Dale Joseph shaken up, stays up for Saskatchewan. Second and 13. Flutie with time. And it's picked off. Bryce Bevel, the nickelback, playing his first postseason game has the interception. Four interceptions during the regular season by the Rough Riders against the Argonauts. And Saskatchewan's Rookie of the Year in 1996 has a pick here in the first quarter. Bryce Bevel makes the play for the Saskatchewan defense in the scoring zone, and these are the kind of plays they're going to have to come up with. He led this team in interception, and he's not a starter. He's the guy that comes off the bench as the extra defender. The key to getting a, an interception is pressure on the quarterback, and that's what Bobby Jerson does so well. The only reason Bryce Bevel is playing is because of the injury to Vincent Donaldson last week in the Western Final. Straight up the middle, Mike Saunders. As Bevel says hello, says hello to his family, he makes a huge play. The ball a little underthrown to Andre Kerwin. And Bevel was there to make. That's why he's in the game, Chris. He's the designated cover guy that comes off the bench. Only the second interception thrown by Doug Flutie in a great cup game. Mike Saunders with a gain of nine. Second and one. At the Saskatchewan 32, there's the option toss. Saunders outside. And he'll be close to the first down. Well played by the quarterback, Adrian Smith. A super play by Adrian Smith. He had to play off the block out there and then get into Saunders' legs. But Mike Saunders' acrobatic move gets the first down. This is the play they featured throughout November. 
the option play. Saunders is the pitch back. You see Adrian Smith playing off the block, but Saunders uses athletic ability and extends the drive. Surprisingly, in the postseason, Mike Saunders only the third best rusher for Saskatchewan behind Reggie Slack and Sean Daniels. Raposo, early movement, flagged down. And the inside handoff didn't go far. Comiskey up and pushing with Demetrius Maxey. Well, an interesting move, John Raposo in. Andrew Stewart out. Toronto 61. First on the field. Well, to hear Don Matthews talk about it, he says John Raposo adds the ability to run. He's got great speed, but he jumps offside. His speed gets him here. Reggie Slack using a staggered count along with Dan Farthing coming to the line of scrimmage. He tices Raposo off, and these are the kind of things that a veteran quarterback will get you to do. Raposo to the University of Toronto, second-year man, only a second start. And on first and five... Mike Saunders across the 40. And there is Andrew Stewart, who led the Argos in sacks on the year and is now playing a backup role. And not happy about it. We heard from Caroline Corey earlier before we came on with the game. Talked about how upset he is, and he uh, is not. he's willing to talk about it, too. Very upset with the way the situation's broken down for him. Second and two, Saskatchewan. At their 41, Slack rolls right, throws outside, and there's Narcisse with the catch. Second most catches in CFL history. Jim Daly says he's not slow, he just runs patient patterns. And that might be a key. It was funny when he said it, but because this field is the way it is, he runs good routes on a bad field, and he ran a great little quick out there to allow Slack to stick him with the ball. Now another set of downs. He's been huge in the playoffs, as had Drezzy Slack. These are the kind of guys that step up for you. He was an 89 Grey Cup. One of only four left. First and ten. And Saskatchewan doesn't get the playoff. Time down violation. Saskatchewan 17. So it'll be first and 15 as both teams have taken a time count in this first quarter. Well, this is a ball control offense, meaning they punt, they take bits and pieces of a drive and put it together. They've just snipped out a couple of first downs here. So taking five takes them out of their realm a little bit. Slack was brilliant, handing the Argos their first loss of the year, but Toronto shut them down the second time. A pass, and over the top, the defensive play made by Donald Smith. In his third Grey Cup game, and the fans thought Smith was a little too early on the play. Well, Donald Smith is a solid is a solid corner, and if there's a gambler out there on this field, it's Donald Smith. He'll jump the short route. He got beat on the little quick out, but Donald Smith, who had four interceptions on the year, has another talent. He's an artist. And on November 22nd and 23rd, this year, he's got his own show in Toronto. So if you want... More details about that. Call the Toronto office and go see some of Donald Smith's work. Second and 15. Clicks from Wilshire over the middle. And it's picked off Lester Smith in a battle for the football with Mike Saunders. And the ball hawk safety comes up with it. Six interceptions in the regular season. And Smith took that away from Saunders. He really did, Chris. And, and again, it's because of pressure. 
the Doug Flutie interception because of the little pressure around his legs. This time Slack gets pressure in his face. He's trying to get the ball to Mike Saunders, who's a very accomplished receiver, ironically was a slot receiver for Toronto earlier in the year. But Lester Smith was the top defender on this team amongst everybody. And there's Kelly Wilshire, his ability to get to the quarterback. So they've traded interceptions. There's the shovel toss inside. Drummond taken down. That's a big play by the middle linebacker, Greg Clark. Well, this is just a superior play by Greg Clark in the middle. He plays off the block inside and fights through and makes the play. Pierre Vercival was locked on him. He played off and made the tackle against the 225-pound running back. Limits the game to four. Greg's wife bet against him the last two weeks. The bad news is that she's bet for him. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders today, second and six. Flutie in trouble, and Jurison's got him. Way back at the 30-yard line. The emotional leader of the Green Riders, the 12-year veteran. What Bobby does is he continues to fight. He's initially shut down, but he just continues to push and fight. Kropke flushes Flutie into Jurison, and then Jurison's there to mop him up. A loss of 17, courtesy of 71, second-leading sack man in CFL history. Shannon Baker. Trying to get outside and tripped up by Eric Johnson. John Raposo's the deep snapper for this team. He's also the starting defensive villain. You want to talk about emotion and hitting people? Raposo going to introduce you to it right there. Curtis Mayfield shaking the cobwebs out in the huddle right now. Eric Tillman was saying that was his concern about Raposo last week, having to play every down on defense and then having to make some critical snaps late in the game. Wasn't used to it, but he got the job done. Here's Slack looking for Winans, and it's knocked down at the Saskatchewan bench. Antonio's butter made the defensive play. Titus Winans, the speedster outside for Saskatchewan. Well, you'd like to try to get these guys short throws, and what they want to do is throw a short hitch route, which is about a six-yard route by Titus Winans. But you can't make up your mind where you're going to throw the football before the snap because Toronto does such a great job of disguising defense. That's trying Adrian Smith. Disguised it, rolled up, and there was no throw for Slack. Second and 10, Saskatchewan at their 29. Reggie looking downfield, and it will fall incomplete. Intended again for Winans. And Johnny Harris was step for step. Well, they like to isolate some of this speed on some of these halfbacks because they don't feel, I feel like the halfbacks run that well, but again to rush the throw you have to have pressure and again reggie slack is under pressure here comes gibbons here comes demetrius maxi that sped up the process slack had to get that ball out of there early well maxi has been a giant in postseason games now his third consecutive great cup paul mccallum in and he just got it away looks like donald smith got a piece of it now pinball hops on the ball and another flag flies donald smith had one 
block punt during the regular season, and the Argos taking exception to the late hit on pinball. Ron Getz was in the middle of it. Well, I think when they sort this one out, they're finally going to get a, a, a no yards penalty, but here comes the rush. Donald Smith, number 19, flies through and just gets a piece of the ball. You see him lay out, and the beauty of that is he lays out to the block point. Chris, we've no talked about it all year. First down. Go to where the ball is, not where the guy's foot is. Go to where the ball's going to be, and that's exactly what he did. The no yards penalty against Saskatchewan takes the football to the Rough Rider 32. 4.22 to go, first quarter. Saskatchewan with a 3 0 lead. Handoff, Robert Drummond dragged down by Jurison as he crossed the 25. A tremendous push up front from this offensive line. And all Robert Drummond did was fall in behind it. Jurison playing outside. He folds back inside to make the tackle. But Willie Williams, is he number 65 there? Just blew somebody off the ball. Looked like Gary Rogers just destroyed him. But Jurison falls in, makes the tackle, but not before a nine-yard gain. Second and one, Argos. Drummond, the lone setback, has the ball and has the first down. Robert Drummond, 11 carries last week, 35 yards, three touchdowns, but a couple of fumbles. And like people were wondering, is he 100%? I think he's healthy. I just think we were talking about not having played for about four weeks, Chris. He sat out the last game of the last three games of the season. Then they had the week off before the Eastern final. Then he finally plays. So, you know, he, he didn't play a lot in the Montreal game. Didn't handle the ball a lot in the 18th game of the year. A little rusty. Argos have been efficient in this territory. First down for Doug Flutie. Underneath, Dwayne Demetrician with the catch. Cocked down by Dale Joseph. Ball came loose. And the ball is being whistled down. And Demetrician fought to get it back. But... That whistle was awfully quick. Flutie throws the ball underneath to Demetrician, who's his underneath route. But Dale Joseph, the All-West halfback, gets in, and that ball was out well before he was down. It was ruled dead, however, and it's just about impossible to hear the whistles in this boisterous crowd at Commonwealth. Flutie rolling right, looking over the middle, complete. Down to Mitchell, touchdown, Daryl Mitchell. A 14-yard strike to the CFL Rookie of the Year. And this is just Doug Flutie buying some time. He'd gotten some pressure dropping and throwing. So now they get him out of the pocket, try to buy him a little more time, get him away from that fast front four that Saskatchewan has. It works out. He is. He has a little bit more time to sort things out. And Daryl Mitchell, this is why he's the rookie of the year. He's really adapted to this game. You see him float and find a little area to get into in front of Ron Getz, and nobody can get there in time. And, Dave, he's the guy that Saskatchewan couldn't handle all year. Eight catches, 181 yards, and a couple of touchdowns in the two previous meetings. 
and he has a nose for the end zone. 17 regular season touchdowns. Well, he had almost 1,500 yards receiving this year, and as you said, he ate up Saskatchewan. He had another 70 yards last week in the Eastern Final, so he really has never taken a play off or a week off. And a nice solid throw under under duress there late by Flutie. And, he, and Mitchell gets in. Mitchell does such a great job running after the catch also. But the drive was sustained by the fact that play was blown down. And the fumble. Well, you can see the reaction of Dwayne Dimitrician there. He realized the ball was loose too. He got up and went after it right away. So he knew it was out. And academic because Dimitrician got on the football anyway. Doug Flutie's passes haven't hit the turf yet. He's 7 for 8 and an interception. It's an unusual stat. Usually the momentum of the first touchdown you'd expect would stand that team in good stead. Titus Winans has the football. Nailed by Norm Casola, the Sault Ste. Marie native, after a 22-yard kickoff return. Let's join Chris Walby. Well, guys, I tell you what, you're going to try and put pressure on him. Watch Troy Alexander in the middle of your screen. He's going to run a stunt with John Kropke here. John Kropke's going to come inside as he's coming. Watch him right here. They're going to loop around. Watch what Kislak does. It's called tracking. He tracks him, chops him at the knees. Troy Alexander does not get up. This is the guy that's got 10 quarterback sacks. He's on the ground. This is how you stop that big rush. Two-time offensive lineman of the year, Mike Kisselak. You know, you don't realize how much the offensive linemen prepare. Chris Walby did it for seven, 16, 17 years in this league. Mike Kisselak has done it at such a high level the last two years. But their preparation... What they do to get themselves prepared to play is just as big as what the quarterbacks and the receivers do. If you're wondering what that official was up to, moving the cheerleaders who were blocking one of the 22nd clocks in the end zone. We've had a couple of time count violations so far. And now Saskatchewan trailing 7-3. Final two minutes, first quarter. At the 38th of the Rough Riders. Flag down, Saunders right side. And Mike Saunders across the 40 up to the 43. Looked like the Argos were ahead of the snap. Offside, Toronto 61. First down repeated. At the top of the screen, you see jumping offside. Looks like Demetrius Maxey gets offside. Or no, John Raposo gets flagged. That's his second flag, jumping offside. So Reggie Slack has his in his, his has Raposo in his pocket right now as far as the count goes. So it's first and five for Slack, who drops into the shotgun for the first time this afternoon. And off Saunders, Reggie Gibbons with the first contact, and he'll bring him down at the 46. Gibbons fired up. He was upset that no member of the Argos was honored. No defensive player was honored in the awards at the end of the season. Well, we honored him last week with his effort in the Eastern Final. 
Mike O'Shea, who had a super year this year in all East selection, playing in the trenches. A lot of battering going on down there, but you talked about Reggie Givens, who made the stops, the, late, the last stop there on Mike Saunders. He had a monster week last week against Montreal. Six tackles and two sacks. Second and a couple. With the big team in for Saskatchewan, Sean Daniels plunging ahead, and he's drilled back short of the first down. Daniels with 71 playoff yards rushing after only 31 during all of the regular season. Well, Jim Daly told us that part of that was because of the option has become part of the offense again because Reggie Slack is healthy. They feel like he can run the ball, so now they can get Daniels involved on the dive play, which is a featured part of that. And he's come up about a, yard, a long yard short of the first down. And Jim Daly not in a gambling mood. The punting unit comes on. And remember, the last time Paul McCallum dropped back to punt, Donald Smith got a hand on the football. Well, this is a good decision, Chris. You want to stay in the ball game early. Don't give Doug Flutie the short field if you were not to get it. Give him the long field, make him drive the ball. And only pinball deep, so 11 men up for the Argos. McCallum shakes the punt. Got a decent bounce, and Adrian Smith up to the 45. So the kicking game has been dominated so far by the Argos. Both quarterbacks in this game are wearing specially made gloves. They're made by Jim Sandusky, the former Eskimo receiver. They have glass cutter palms and neoprene backs. Remember this, Doug Flutie has played in dome stadiums since the end of September, his last outdoor game in Winnipeg. Chris? Here's Robert Drummond, Mark. Remember that game in Winnipeg because Doug Flutie used it as a dress rehearsal for this game and said he wanted to try out the gloves one last time in advance of the Grey Cup. We're through 15 minutes at Commonwealth Stadium and the Toronto Argonauts have the lead. Here's to the everyday things that end up being everything. Here's to all things simple with casual clothing and footwear from Marks. Well, some of the large Saskatchewan delegation here. We're through 15 minutes of football. Saskatchewan scored first. Then Doug Flutie answered back, rebounding from an interception and throwing a touchdown pass to Daryl Mitchell. Well, the stats really indicate that Toronto is really the only team that's moved the football effectively, but yet it's only a 7-3 ball game, and I really felt like that it was close after the first 15 minutes that it was going to be the key to the game. Saskatchewan must own the time of possession, and they have here in the first quarter. They'll have to do that throughout the ball game to stay close with Toronto. John Kropke comes up for Saskatchewan, second and five for the Argos. Doug, 7 for 8, 82 yards, a touchdown, an interception. And looking for Paul Mazzotti in the sure-handed 
Argo receiver is out of bounds in Saskatchewan territory at the 48-yard line. Second all-time as a Toronto Argonaut receiver, number 88. Well, Flutie just throws the ball underneath the Mazzotti who runs a little control route, meaning controlling means he's controlling some of the underneath coverage. If the underneath coverage doesn't pick him up, Doug's going to stick him with the ball, and he did there. Mazzotti is fourth consecutive 1,000-yard season on the strength of 153 yards in the final game. First and 10, Argos. Dropped over the middle, and there's Mazzotti. Dave, we've seen this before where if Doug Flutie has something that's working, he'll stick with it. You're exactly right. This is the, the exact same play he just ran. The first one was against zone. The zone didn't pick him up. Now Saskatchewan goes man coverage, and this time the man coverage is not there. Third catch of the game for Paul Mazzotti. Well, Paul Mazzotti had, as you see there, his fourth consecutive 1,000-yard season. He's a guy that really is kind of forgotten in the triangle of terror, and Daryl Mitchell, the rookie of the year. Mazzotti has had a huge year and been a major factor in this team being here. After the Mazzotti pickup of six, it's second and four. And Robert Drummond straight ahead, and he'll be close. And to get to the 38. Drummond, a huge factor a year ago in the Great Cup game, 77 yards receiving, 50 yards rushing. But Chris, when you run the football in second and a long three or four yards, you're telling the other team that, hey, we dominate the line of scrimmage. And they got, they got a tremendous push right there, but they came up a yard short. So that's Saskatchewan saying, hey, no, you don't. Pinball Clemens told me yesterday he thought that Drummond would be more effective on this kind of field than him because Drummond is that big, strong power back. He's got a wide center of gravity, Chris, and he runs that way, which keeps him upright on a tough field. Here we go, third and a yard, and the Argos going for it. And under the scatter, Drummond remains, and is Doug Flutie changing the play? Drummond, and he'll have it. Well, Flutie saw a weakness on the right side of the Saskatchewan defensive line, and if it not for, if it were not for Bobby Jurison slipping and falling as he dives in, Jurison 71 gets through, but he slips right there and allows the lane for Drummond to get elevated. Had Drum had uh, Jurison not gone down, he would have collisioned Drummond in the backfield for no gain. Jurison loads up again. First down, Argos. And Flutie looking downfield, Drummond, and he's got it. Matched up against Ron Getz, and a flag was thrown. 32-yard gain. Let's see what the marker is. That matchup's going to kill Saskatchewan. Well, that's a matchup they cannot afford. Robert Drummond's as good as any receiver out wide. Saskatchewan 47, penalties decline, first down. Drummond's as good as any receiver out wide, and he lines up down, out there a lot, so he's very comfortable. And if he gets isolated against a linebacker like Ron Getz, Getz's only defense was to interfere with him. 
down to the six-yard line of Saskatchewan, a 32-yard pickup. As Flutie got Drummond isolated on Ron Getz. First and goal, Flutie, Drummond, touchdown, Robert Drummond. Well, this is an impressive play here, Chris, because they fake the draw play to Robert Drummond. And then they actually fake what looked like was going to be a shovel pass with Flutie floating out, and he just dumps it to Drummond. They do such a great job of making things up in the impromptu thing. See, he wanted to shovel the ball there, but he had pressure and didn't feel like it opened up, so then he sidearms it in. And Drummond has nobody there. He just skates into the end zone. Gary Rogers applying the pressure, but Flutie was able to get it to Drummond, and it's Vanderjet converting the Drummond touchdown. And the Argos open up the lead here at Commonwealth. One third of the triangle of terror is struck for a 14-3 lead, but this was the key play. Isolated against Ron Getz. Now he's inbounds here. Now he's out of bounds. I don't think the contact pushed him out of bounds. I thought he'd reestablish himself as not going out of bounds. He ran out of bounds on his own. Now there was a flag for illegal contact, but they had they got credit for the catch there, Chris. I don't think I think it should have been a penalty, not the catch. Drummond missed three games after undergoing arthroscopic surgery. Still had 18 touchdowns on the year. Shannon Baker is nailed as he picked up the ball on the 27. A 50-yard kickoff by Mike Vanderjet. Donald Smith, who has already played a huge factor on special teams with the partial block, and now that solid tackle. The artist. And Reggie Slack already facing a critical series, you would think, for the Rough Riders. I don't think there's any question. This is a huge series of downs for Reggie Slack and his offense. Must move the football, need points on the board. Starting at the Saskatchewan 27. Had time and now gets rid of a downfield incomplete at the Saskatchewan bench. And Andrew Stewart is in the game and he was turning on the heat. Yeah, Andrew Stewart. I don't know where they get this thing about speed. Andrew Stewart ran track when he was in high school, so he has the ability to get to the quarterback, obviously, with eight sacks. But Demetrius Maxey does a great job of fighting off the double team between Kaminsky and Sean Daniels. And there you see Andrew Stewart, 73, coming in to dress up the quarterback. So maybe after a couple of offsides, Andrew Stewart gets the call. And now Saskatchewan has to take a timeout with one second left on the time clock. Well, Reggie understands that this is a key situation, and so he burns the timeout here. You normally like to conserve those for later on, but didn't feel like they were in the right situation or hadn't got his team deployed in time before the clock was going to run out on him. Now they're going to try to get their best second and long play, and this is a bad situation to be in as a quarterback. Second and ten says because now you open the entire defensive playbook for the top defense in the league in Toronto. Saskatchewan's biggest play today was the Shannon Baker return of the opening kickoff. 
That put three points on the board, but since then this Argo defense which leads in 22 of 25 categories on the season has shut the door Second and ten and an early jump there by Rob Waldrop an all-Canadian And he will He will make this offside Toronto 92 still second down now, Waldrop's one of these guys, Chris, that you can pull off. He, he's so quick off of the football that he really, any type of twitch, and Carl Coulter, the center there, might just squeeze the ball a little bit, and Waldrop's ready to go, along with Reggie Slack's, along with Reggie Slack's uh, count. But Coulter sees him pulled off. He snaps the ball real quick, gets him five. That different play call now on second and five. Slack hit as he delivers, and it falls incomplete. So the Argo defense is getting the slack, and Andrew Stewart is there with Mike O'Shea. Chris? Well, I tell you what, one of the nice things right here about Andrew Stewart, he's back in the game. Here he is here, just lined up. You're going to pull. Watch, Andrew Green, the lineman, or the lineman pulls out. You can't have a mismatch with Saunders picking up Andrew Stewart. That's a mismatch. Causes him to run out of the golf. You got Demetrius Max right in his face. That's not what they want. Andrew Stewart playing with a bit of a burr in his side. McCallum, better punt. Pinball. The Argo 40. Rashevich couldn't bring him down, but he's upended at the 50 by Ron Getz. 38-yard punt and 11-yard return. And the Argos in control. Special teams. This is what it's all about. I'm telling you right now. Gary Rogers. This is he's got to get down. He's got to make the tackle. Antonius Bonner, number 10, has got a different idea. Rope him, tie him, get him on the ground, give him some forearm smashes. Get in his face. There's a shot for you. Let's give that to your mom. Come on, baby, bring it on. Let's go. This is what it's about. Special teams. And the Argos now, after scoring on their last two possessions, go back to work. And here's Daryl Mitchell. Found a hole, and then, oh, he took a lick from Ryan Carey, the safety. Mitchell to the Saskatchewan 50, has nine. A screen out to Daryl Mitchell, the rookie of the year this year, but what's the blocking he gets from his cohorts? He makes Ulmer miss. There's a block on Bevel, and then he gets up in there for about a nine-yard gain. The receiver's blocking for him outside that make this play. Clark comes in to help Carey finish the playoff. Nine-yard gain, though. Second and one. Drummond slipped, but that didn't stop him. He's down to the Saskatchewan 45. Well, Saskatchewan's offense didn't pick up the slack on the last series of downs for their team, so now the defense is going to have to step up. We talked about the field. It's a little frozen. It's hard to get the grip. Drummond gets enough of a grip to hit it up in there for a first down. An offensive line really coming off the ball, trying to establish themselves. Drummond had 249 all-purpose yards against Saskatchewan in the regular season, and they haven't been able to stop him here. Blitz on. Flutie slings it outside. Drummond there again. And he's stopped by rookie Eric Sutton. Have a good read by the receivers for Toronto. Drummond realizes Blitz is on. He sits it down. He saw him swivel his head back inside. He saw the blitz was on, so he just set it down for his quarterback. Gave him an outlet. 
and more trouble for Saskatchewan. Eric Sutton, the corner who made the tackle, remains down, and that is already a beaten up Saskatchewan secondary with the loss of Vincent Donaldson. And Jim Daly conferring with Dale Joseph about what adjustments will have to be made. Well, the only adjustment they'll make is bring Patrick Burke in at corner. Patrick has started a significant amount of time this year, so he'll come in at cornerback. Well, the rookie corner of Saskatchewan remains down after the heavy contact with big Robert Drummond. And you're exactly right, Chris. It was the contact with Robert Drummond. That's a cornerback, 5'10", 178, as Patrick Burke will replace Sutton. Sutton is 5'10", 178. He ran head-on into 6'3", 220-pound Robert Drummond. Something has to give, and it looks like it might have been the shoulder of Eric Sutton. Let's join Chris Walby. Well, I tell you what, guys, why is Robert Drummond so successful on short yardage? Watch the battle of the rookies. Chad Folk, the right guard, is going to come off as we run this play right here. He's going to come off right on Nelson Van Ways right there. He turns him to the outside, allows a huge hole for Robert Drummond to run through. That's two rookies getting at it in this big game. Drummond's been unstoppable. Second down. They go back to Drummond. And Drummond runs into daylight down to the 25. And right now, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders can't solve 29. Well, when you get to this time of the year, you talk about the playoffs and now the Grey Cup. A ground game is the key. Robert Drummond, the second leading rusher this season, is now pounding the ground. And it's all because of the big guys up front. The offensive line are establishing that they own it. Toronto first down. At the 25, don't get the playoff. Time count violation, Toronto number two, still first down. Well, that time Saskatchewan was coming with a blitz, Chris. They're mixing everything up. They're throwing zone, blitz, uh, matchup, man coverage situations. They really have not found a way to solve Doug Flutie. The only incompletion was the interception. First and 15, and it's Mitchell, and Daryl Mitchell down to the 15-yard line. Patrick Burke came across. Daryl Mitchell, Doug Flutie says, is the most explosive receiver he's ever played with. Daryl Mitchell outside again. It's just a little screen outside to Mitchell. He does such a good job of running with the ball. Great block from Pinball Clemens. Sprung him. Well, the Heat now on the defensive coordinator, Greg Marshall, the former Ottawa Rough Rider, looks on. First and 10 at the Rough Rider 15. Flutie to Drummond, and he can't hang on. And that's the first Flutie pass of the day. No one has caught. Uh, Drummond's just coming underneath, and he, his cover guy gets picked off. Flutie makes a bad throw. The throw is inside. Drummond may score. Doug's in such a big hurry to get him the ball that he just he didn't plant his feet and throw it. Threw it behind his receiver. Now second and ten from the Saskatchewan 15. Fans exhorting the Rough Rider defense. 
Here's the rush, and Flutie gets outside. Looks against the green into the end zone, and it hit the upright with pinball open. Well, we thought the 13th man would be in the stands for Saskatchewan today. Turned out to be the goalpost that time. I'll tell you, you know, if that ball had gotten through, it's picked off, Chris, because you saw the defensive back flash right in front of pinball, right at the end of that sequence. That ball's intercepted. Whenever you roll right and throw back across the grain, there's guys waiting over there, and they'll take the ball away from you. They got fortunate. They're going to line up for a field goal here and probably get three. But they were fortunate not to have the ball turned over there. He was a great cup hero last year. From 22 yards out for Mike Vanderjack. And the Argos now have points on three consecutive possessions. Upon further review, maybe the 13th man was for the Argos. Yeah, look right here. Jason Mallett, 22. I'll tell you what. He picks that ball off if it doesn't hit the crossbar or the upright. Doug got away with one there. The Arco bounce has been evident a few times so far today. Shannon Baker from his 25. Baker trying to get outside and he loses yards as Antonius Bonner. Who Chris Walby highlighted earlier makes the play. This is a poor return, Chris. He's got to hit the crease. They had set up for him up the middle. He gives up on the return and veers it to the outside where everybody from Toronto is, and they rally to make the play. Well, Baker part of a, an interesting decision made by Jim Daly and Baker down. Rod Harris, who was... One of the prime targets this year for Reggie Slack has been out the past couple of weeks with a knee injury. He was ready to go this week, but Jim Daly, he elected to go with the Pat lineup that got him here. Well, I think it, we see here, Baker, watch, he veers away from where all his blocking is, and he pays the price. Donald Smith hits him late there on the ground, but, yeah, I, this was the one decision that I didn't feel like that Daly made correctly, and I mean, let's give the guy credit. He had to make a lot of decisions this week because he had a lot of people healthy. Jason Simmons was ready. Uh, several guys were ready to play, but but Rod Harris, as you suggested, was the one guy against Toronto. He had 11 catches for 125 yards in the two games against Toronto, so he was the one guy that's really played well against this Toronto team other than Reggie Slack's first ball game. So. Uh, I'm kind of partial to, to Rod Harris anyway because he's such a he was such a good receiver for me But I think he would really been a benefit for him in this game and twice an all-canadian Baker to the sidelines looks like nothing serious there We're midway through the second quarter and they've just announced the attendance 60,431 at Commonwealth Stadium for the time of possession which was and the Rough Riders' favor in the first quarter has changed dramatically. But what a backdrop for the 97 Grey Cup game. And it's important for them to get this group back in the game because, let's face it, this is a home game to a certain extent for Saskatchewan. They need to get this crowd back in the ballgame. Haven't had much to cheer about lately. First and ten. Here's the option. Slack down the line. 
Mike Saunders, and that was perfectly played by Kelly Wiltshire, the rookie Canadian, native of Saint Laurent, Quebec. Well, the option play is a featured play in a lot of the U.S. colleges, and that's what Reggie Slack, when he did when he was at the University of Auburn. Here he pitches the ball to Mike Saunders, and Saunders has got nowhere to go, but when you talk to coaches in U.S. college, you say, how do you defend the option? They say with team speed, and Toronto has that on defense. Wiltshire's only other start at linebacker was against Saskatchewan. He had a couple of sacks in that game. Second down and 11. Slack. Good protection over the middle. Dan Farthing has the catch and a much-needed Saskatchewan first down. Well, this is a huge play by Dan Farthing. Farthing's going to come in. Farthing's going to come in from up here. He's going to come into the middle of the field. He breaks to the middle of the field against man coverage, but again, it's because of offensive line protection that Slack has time for that play to develop. Only the fourth first down of the game for the Rough Riders. Slack again with time. Saunders comes across. Breaks one tackle and is drilled out at the Argo 48. Back-to-back -back completions for Reggie Slack. Now Reggie's gone to Farthing, and this time they get Mike Saunders out of the backfield. Mike slips just a bit. Keeps his footing, and he's the guy underneath. Nothing happening downfield. That's a quick throw for Slack to get the ball underneath to a guy that makes his living running with the football. Well, the much-traveled Mike Saunders, who was in Toronto earlier this year, but he's played really his best football in Saskatchewan, although you might argue with that because he had a great year with you. Yeah, in 95, he was, he was all CFL, had over 1,000 yards rushing and added another 800 yards receiving to that. Twice an All-Canadian, Mike Saunders, who said this is the biggest game of his life. He was in the Rose Bowl in 91 as a wide receiver for Iowa. Had seven catches, 100 yards that day, but this a much bigger game for Saunders than that. Second and less than a yard. Full house backfield for Slack. Daniels, first down. John Daniels, one of the Four Rough Riders still around from that Miracle 89 run. Well, Daniels has been huge, and we talked about how he's become more of a factor running the ball because Slack likes to feature the option. Slack healthy now, so they will feature that option, and he pounds in for the first down. But these are the critical downs against the Toronto defense. First down, must be successful here. Under five minutes to go in the half, and it's first and ten at the Toronto 45. Slack. Got outside, now throwing, and it bounces short of the intended receiver, Curtis Mayfield, who was so prominent in the Western Final and has been unable to break through so far today. Well, we talked about success on first down. Now it's second and ten. Curtis Mayfield is the guy that they featured now in the slot. He's made a lot of plays in the playoffs. This ball is just underthrown. Good coverage from Adrian Smith had the ball been on target. Mayfield's best game of the regular season came against the Argos. Second and ten. 
Slack, pump fake, and now looking deep, looking for Donald Narcisse. Bumped by Donald Smith, and it's incomplete. Narcisse had a step and then had to come back for the ball. Well, I talked about how Donald Smith likes to gamble on the corner, and Reggie Slack knows that too and made the nice hard pump fake to Narcisse. Then Narcisse turned it up. But because the ball was a little underthrown, Smith gets back to make the play. Maxie just shoves Mikowski right back into Slack, but he did a good enough job to give him time to throw the football there. Ball was underthrown a bit. Well, the wind is at Paul McCallum's back. It would have been a 52-yard field goal attempt, but they elect to try and angle this one out of bounds. And McCallum has a good bounce here to Clements at the five. And pinball initially hit by Rick Walters, an Edmonton native playing here at Commonwealth Stadium, a fan of the old Eskimo teams. And he makes the stop on pinball after a 38-yard punt by Paul McCallum. Doug Flutie has been a slow starter in the past against Saskatchewan. Not today. Yeah, coming into this game, Chris, he, he really struggled really against Saskatchewan's defense. He'd thrown three touchdowns and and uh, four interceptions, but has now tied the record for most completions for Bernie Filoni in the Grey Cup. Hands making noise. Flutie, that little shovel toss inside. And Dwayne Demetrician has it. And he's wrestled down by Ron Getz. Well, Dwayne Demetrician, a Saskatoon native, a star at the University of Saskatchewan. And he's in the process of moving back to Regina in the offseason. Well, Ron Getz has to come up and make the play, but... The play's made by Doug Flutie because he makes it look like a rollout and dumps the ball back inside. Up to the 27. Robert Drummond. Jurison hanging on as Drummond gets out near the 35-yard line. Close to eight. And we're down to 3-0-1 remaining in the half. Timeout on the field, but the air goes up by a pair of touchdowns in Edmonton. Welcome back to Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. You know, a week ago they had seven or eight thousand seats left to sell, but when the Riders won the West Final, they were all gone. They opened the borders in Saskatchewan and they came here today. And look at that. Today's Grey Cup, the third highest attendance of all time, over the 60,000 mark by 431. Chris? I think the only people in Edmonton that took the weekend off were the fire marshals based on some of the parties here in town. And a whistle before the snap of the football. And this was procedure. Five seconds left on the time clock for Doug Flutie. Robert Drummond so far this afternoon... A guy who would have gone a thousand and a thousand rushing and receiving had it not been for the injury has 49 rushing. Procedure, Toronto, still second down. And 49 receiving with the touchdown catch already today. Yeah, and a lot of speculation had Drummond not gotten hurt, as we'll see the movement at the top of your screen. Jeremy O'Day with a little flinch. 
But a lot of speculation if if Drummond hadn't gotten hurt for the final three or four games of the year He might have been the MVP of the league Second and seven now at the 29 John Kropke in pursuit of Flutie who gets it away Mazzotti on that far side this time it is incomplete And so Saskatchewan's going to get the football back here late in the first half with a chance to cut into Toronto's lead. That penalty was huge. It took Flutie away from throwing a three or four yard pass. Now he was second and seven. Had good solid protection by Willie Williams against Bobby Jurison, but things broke down on the other side of the field. 2.38 remaining. And the ball had not been whistled into play. So now they'll do it properly with Vanderjad, who had a 53-yarder with his first punch. Hauled down the high snap. This kick not as long. Shannon Baker's back. And Baker is hit almost immediately. Not much there. 38-yard punt. Five-yard return. And if Saskatchewan, who have been dominated for the most part here, could get points on the board uh, at the before the half, they'd be back in it. Chris? Well, I tell you what, when you're playing short yards, you're lucky Toronto took this penalty. Take a look at this and the rear end level. You can't be up that high. Watch as they come off the line. He just gets taken back. There's a hole. They're lucky they got procedure, but he would have got killed on a play. You got to keep your butt down in this game, especially when the ground is as icy as it is. Well, now they go to work on offense. Sean Daniels, short gain, up the middle. Dave, the last five possessions for Saskatchewan, an interception and four punts. Well, we're not seeing a lot of variety. We're seeing the same things over and over again. The plunge into the middle off of the option play. Need to show some variety. Reggie Slack's ability to move, getting back at the shotgun, get people out of the backfield. Give him some options. He had 102 yards rushing against Calgary. He does not have a yard on the ground today. Second and eight from Saskatchewan's 48. Over the middle, Mike Saunders wide open. Down to the Argo 40. In the victory over Calgary, Saunders had a big play on the final drive like that. This is a 22-yard pickup. Saunders, good job against Kelly Wiltshire, and that's a mismatch. Saunders is such a good receiver. I don't care if you got him locked on a linebacker or a defensive back. He's going to win in man coverage. Reggie Givens, and again, Andrew Stewart there applying the pressure. Slack just got it away. Clock running in the final two minutes of the first half. Slack. A lot of steamboats that time. Dan Farthing with the catch. And Farthing to the 26. Well, now they're giving this crowd something to pull for. Good decision here by Slack. But again, it all stems from good protection. Good, solid protection up front. Reggie waits and then throws the underneath route against the zone. Farthing has the first down. The Farthing family here in droves. Grandparents George and Grace watching back home in Saskatchewan. 
first down at the 25-yard line. Again, time for slack. Open receiver Mayfield. And he's down at the 12-yard line. And for the first time today, Jim Daly's offense is operating at high efficiency. Saskatchewan coming into this game, fella. They've got protection on their quarterback that the defensive backs for Toronto could not cover the speed of these receivers. Good route that time by Mayfield. He comes off on the curl route, plays off the jam of Bonner, and another first down. Knocking at the door. First and 10 from the 12 of Toronto. Again, some time for slack. Saunders, and he steps out near another first down. Reggie Slack and the Saskatchewan attack heating up. We talked about Mike Saunders' ability to catch the football out of the backfield. He's the inside receiver, just floats into the flat. Slack with a good accurate throw. Dave, he's there, Robert Drummond. We talked about protection, and that's the key to any quarterback's success, whether it's Doug Flutie or Reggie Slack, and good protection up front there by Mikowski. And while the measurement is taking place, Reggie Slack has gone to the Saskatchewan bench. You might like this, Dave. Slack's got an extra down here, second and uh, about a foot to go. Well, I think here's a chance for him to take a shot. I don't think they will this close, but Chris Walby, offensive line stepping up. What are they doing different here? Well, I tell you right now, you're right. They're they're fired up. They're getting some confidence. They're getting some pressure early from Waldrop. They've settled down. The, the guards especially, Kaminsky and Green, have really stepped up their game. The ball is at the three. It's second down and less than a yard. Daniels, touchdown! His first ever in a Grey Cup game. And the Rough Riders are back in it after an impressive drive. This is the dive playoff of the option. And again, we talked about the offensive line protection. Because they're doing such a good job protecting, that opens up the run blocking. And they dominate the line of scrimmage right there. Had to get Slack some time. And they did on that last series. Trouble on the snap. Kevin Mason will look into the end zone. Looking for McCallum and Johnny Harris will knock it down. So Saskatchewan unable to convert the touchdown. And with 41 seconds left, it's an eight-point game and a point that could come back to hunt the green and white. Now we talked about how it's cold on the sidelines and your holder has to come in from the bench to make the, make the hold. The ball evidently got away from Mason in that situation, and he couldn't complete the conversion. Nevertheless, it was a solid drive by the Rough Riders, and Reggie Slack went four for four before giving it off to Daniels. Now we talked to Chris Walby earlier about the pass protection. Now, Chris, you're going to come off the ball. Take a look at this. 
Rob Waldrop getting knocked back. Carl Coulter, that is what you want out of your center. Coming off the ball here, Lowe getting underneath him, straightening him up and keeping him away from the ball carrier. There's the seam, there's the touchdown. Hey, Chris, did you see, was there more resolve in the offensive line there? It just seemed like they came out and played hard, much more hard there. We can play with anybody. they got to just get confidence. They're starting to get it. And as I said before, this line is picking it up. And if they do, it's going to make the second half real interesting. Six-play drive. You mentioned Carl Coulter, Chris, a former Argonaut. Jim Daly said he's the guy that kept that line together this year. They've got a couple of rookie guards who are only halfway through their first season. Adrian Smith on the kickoff return for Toronto. And he has some blockers. Adrian Smith across midfield and finally down with 31 seconds left. Saskatchewan gives up a big kickoff return and Flutie gets a chance to answer back. 44 yards on the return by Smith. Boy, what a huge breakdown by the special team cover unit for Saskatchewan. He just gets in behind a wall of block. This is the one thing that this return, this cover team could not allow have happen. Pin Flutie deep, don't give him an opportunity to score. Paul McCallum made the tackle and limped to the bench. Jim Daly said we have to play error free. They've made two mistakes in a row and the pass to Kerwin falls incomplete but the encouraging sign is that Reggie Slack got some time and got hot well, Reggie really finally got into the game you're right Chris he finally got some things going he started throwing the ball underneath him and the key thing and I keep harping on it he got protection in that series of downs I think in the second half you're going to see a little bit more blitzing from Toronto they can't allow Slack that much time 27 seconds to go in the half Flutie Probably needs a completion here to get into Vanderjat range. All kinds of time. And now over the middle, and he's got a completion to Mazzotti. Well, how often has Paul Mazzotti come through when Doug Flutie can't find anybody else around? Oh, we talked about how important it was for Slack to have his time to throw the ball. As we see Todd McMillan still down on the field after the play to Mazzotti. Mazzotti a little shaken up also, but... Flutie had so much time to throw the football. Good concentration by Mazzotti. Yeah, those weren't steamboats. They were Mississippis yeah, that time. No kidding. They a lot of time. And any quarterback will tell you, if the offensive line's playing well, you're going to have a nice day. Doug getting involved in the game in a lot of ways. Most of the time it's with his arm, but... He body language that one in there. Boy, he was fired up prior to the game on the field. And he's found Mazzotti four times already this afternoon. See, Virtual runs Jurison past Flutie. Flutie's ability to float by, stay in the pocket, provided the time for the throw. Eric Sutton had been shaken up and returned to the game, and now it's Todd McMillan getting attention. Rough Riders have employed 11 different DBs this year, and there's Greg Marshall. Greg Marshall was in the 81 game when the last time there was this unbalanced a matchup. Ottawa was 5-11 that year against the Dynasty team from Edmonton, and we remember that Marshall and the Rough Riders almost pulled that amazing upset. And he said this team is using that as motivation today. 
Well, that's the classic adage that that's why you play the games, Chris. You know, that's why that's why Saskatchewan went to Calgary two weeks ago. That's why they came to Edmonton two, last week. He sends in the defensive signals to Bobby Jurison. A lot of people feel that Greg Marshall is one of the next head coaches in this league. Very slowly, McMillan making his way. It looks like that could be a wrist injury or shoulder. And Patrick Burke checks back in. It's first and 10 Toronto with 19 seconds remaining in the first half. An eight-point Argonaut lead. Again, plenty of time, and again, a completion by Flutie. Dwayne Demetrician has the catch. Down to the 15, and the Argos were going to get a shot, or are they? They've got eight seconds left, Dave. Take one shot to the end zone, or take three points? I take one shot here. He's getting great protection. Take a shot down the field. It won't take eight seconds to kick the ball. It won't take eight seconds to get the playoff. But remember last week, Danny McManus, in a similar situation, was picked off. And had he not been picked up, took more than eight seconds, and the clock ran down. And it was one of the reasons Edmonton let that one get away against Saskatchewan. I put Doug Flutie up to bat here. Give him one more shot. From the 15. And the fans now making noise, trying to help the defense. Quickly gets it across. That's Mitchell, Daryl Mitchell, and he's down with two seconds to go. Mitchell almost danced his way out to the half. Well, I'm really surprised that Doug threw the ball underneath there because the clock could have very well run out, as you suggested, against as it happened for Edmonton last weekend. You'd like to probably throw the ball in the end zone, take a shot in the end zone. If it's caught, it's a touchdown. If it's incomplete, you kick the field goal. But they got fortunate enough to get Mitchell down in time for the field goal shot. So Vanderjet comes in. And this field goal from just 12 yards out. Good spot. And Vanderjet splits the uprights on the final play of the first half. Doug Flutie razor sharp in the opening 30 minutes. Todd McMillan, a rider casualty. And the Toronto Argonauts have an 11-point lead at the half. Let's join Caroline Corey. Thanks very much. Don Matthews is with me now. Don, the Riders are trying to keep this thing close. What would you like to see your team come out and do in the second half? Well, just more of the same. I think our defense controlled it most of the time. We're stopping their run. Uh, Reggie's getting a little bit more time to pass, and we, uh, the field is pretty slick. It's hard to get a pass rush, so we're going to try to generate some pass rushes next half. Nice to go into the room with the lead. It is indeed. Thanks, Thanks very much, Coach. Back to you, Mark. All right, Caroline, the Argonauts dictating the terms in a hastily played first half. Toronto up 20-9 over Saskatchewan as both teams retire to their locker rooms to make the first half adjustments. We'll check the 
numbers after 30 minutes on our Canadian Tire stats board. Well, everything now starting to shift towards Toronto. They own the football. We saw the time of possession at the end of the first quarter. That was all Saskatchewan. Now Toronto's owned the football. And, and Jim Daly alluded to the things we talked about in our halftime highlights were the big plays on special teams. The two things he's talking about was the block punt and then the big return by Adrian Smith. We're underway, second half. And Adrian Smith faked the pinball. And he finds some room up that side again. Adrian Smith past McCallum. Foot race. And Adrian Smith's going to win it. Touchdown, Toronto, 95 yards. Well, the hole's a little deeper now, Chris, with a huge return from Adrian Smith. And, and now here's another special teams mistake. They fake the reverse to pinball Clemens. And the Argo fans are cheering. You watch. Adrian Smith is going to catch the ball, and now he's going to fake the reverse to pinball Clemens. Now he finds the wall. Brendan, Brendan Rodgers with a nice block. And Adrian Smith can fly. Runs by McCallum, the last line of defense. Kind of a weak effort by McCallum there to make the tackle. And... And then Smith takes it on in. Gizmo Williams last year against Toronto at a 91-yard kickoff return. Smith just topped that. Vanderjet adds the extra point. And Adrian Smith, who clinched last year's breakout game with an interception in the final minute of Danny McManus, finds the end zone again. So it didn't take long in the second half at Commonwealth Stadium for Adrian Smith to run his way into the record book. Well, Adrian Smith leads his team in tackles on defense. But with this effort by Adrian Smith, the longest kickoff return in Grey Cup history, he's put a huge damper on this crowd here at Commonwealth. Two kickoffs in a row for Smith that really impact on this game. And Flutie congratulates the decoy. Well, last week here in Edmonton, it was Curtis Mayfield with a punt return touchdown. Don Matthews wasn't happy with his special teams last week in the Eastern Final. And he said they were committed to improving that today. Here's Shannon Baker. Breaks the first tackle, but Donald Smith there to take him down at the 40. Well, a year ago, Adrian Smith was a hero defensively as we go back to that snowy evening in Hamilton. That Doug Flutie slipped, or Darren Flutie slipped to the ground, and Adrian Smith was Johnny on the spot. Got the ball and took it in, which ended up being the icer to win the 96 Grey Cup. Adrian Smith, two kickoff returns today, 139 yards. And the guy can play on the corner, too. Quickly, Dan Farthing. And Farthing gets across the 45. Kelly Wiltshire breaks him down. Along with Adrian Smith. He led his team in tackles, had five interceptions, an all-east selection at corner, and now Jim Daly's team 
is really going to have to dig down. This is a long game. You got all the second half to go. It's a huge hole at 27 to 9, but having plays on first down like that one, gaining six and seven yards, will get you back in it. Second and four. And four receivers go to the right side for slack. Looks over the middle and Mayfield was knocked down and Slack wants a flag and no penalty marker. Well, the angle we had, this is unbelievable. Kelly Wilshire is isolated on Curtis Mayfield. Mayfield is just drugged to the ground. How that's not called, I have no idea. That's as blatant a pass interference or illegal contact as it gets. With the ball in the air, but no call. Here's Pinball. And can't get through the traffic. Ron Getz was there. Nine-yard return. 36-yard punt by McCallum. Well, this crowd, prominently Saskatchewan fans, are predominantly uh, ready to raise a little hell in the second half. And Adrian Smith has quieted things here considerably. Well, Saskatchewan was benefited by Trooper coming in here at halftime and really cranking the crowd back up to a fever pitch, but the return by Adrian Smith has dulled that significantly. And now the conductor will go to work 18 of 23 in the first half. Rashad gets outside of Ron Getz. Pinball up the sideline, and Terrell Ulmer knocks him out near midfield. Adrian Smith trying to catch his breath after two monster returns, the one before the half, and now this one, 95-yard return, the longest in breakup history. 17-yard pass from Flutie to Clemens. First down Toronto at their 54. Now Drummond inside, lots of room. Robert Drummond, breakaway speed, just upended. Oh, he is an explosive runner. Fullback build, wide receiver speed, and he almost took that one. Well, Greg Marshall, the defensive line, uh, defensive coordinator, is going to have to reach down and find something for this defense to pull them back in the game. They need something to happen, whether it's blitzing or something to stop Robert Drummond, Doug Flutie, and Pinball Clemens, and the rest of this Toronto offense, because just a shoestring tackle by Dale Joseph kept Robert Drummond out of the end zone. Joseph 21 is going to lay out and grab the right leg just enough to trip him up. And Joseph paid the price. He's laying on the ground after the hit. That's not the first deep back today that's gone down after a hit on Drummond. Well, you see the head comes in and collisions Drummond's hip, and then he grabs the leg and drags him down, but... Can't reiterate enough the fact that that guy's 6'3", 220 pounds, and he comes in and lays a lick on the DB. Chris Walby, what do you think about that? I tell you what, that's this is the way you come off the line. The right side of Toronto's offensive line right here. Watch these guys come off on the ball. Joskis takes Jurisin. Look at Dan Payne right at the bottom of your screen there. That's your middle linebacker, Greg Clark. He's got to be making those plays. You can't get blown by the guard like that. And Chris Dan Payne, a member of that 89 team, 
Here's Joseph up and heading off. Now let's talk a little bit more with Chris Walby downstairs. Chris, you, you see it. what's going on with the defensive line. What do they need to do defensively up front to shut down the run? Well, I think they're playing a little conservative right now. They tried to run a stunt the last time and gets could not corral Flutie, who threw a little outlast pass to pinball. They got to start doing something, change up the looks, because he's got them figured out right now. At the 21, Flutie faked to Drummond. Jurison strings him out. Flutie pulls it down. And gets outside and skips out of bounds near the 13-yard line. First rush of the game for Doug Flutie, who last year ran for 98 yards in the snow in Hamilton. Well, staying with Chris downstairs, Chris Walby. Chris, you see, you sense that the uh, Toronto offensive line is taking control of the line of scrimmage. What is, how does that make you feel as an offensive lineman? You feel like you're control of the game. Well, I tell you what, your confidence level. We talked about Saskatchewan last half, picking it up right now. Toronto's offensive line, Big Dan Payne, uh, Kislek, they are controlling. They're not even controlling. They're dominating. That's what we got to talk about right now. Controlling is one thing, but these guys are dominating. Payne, 6'7", 300 pounds. Second and three Argos. Drummond, handoff, and the high hurdle across the 10 for another first down. Well, I think that was a good way to describe it, the way Chris Walby just described it, was dominating the line of scrimmage. We felt like they were starting to do a little bit of that in the first half, but they've certainly taken control, and it looks as though the kickoff return by Adrian Smith is taking a little win. Some of the some of the venom out of this snake that this defense has been in the playoffs. They've, they've been able to reach out and sting their opponents at certain times. They really don't feel like they have. It doesn't look like they have that right now. Well, they are following the script, and that's bad news for Saskatchewan who have really struggled in the third quarter all year long. First down of Flutie, goes the opposite way, and Doug Flutie scores! A 10-yard run for the CFL's outstanding player. Well, defensively, you get so geared in to trying to stop Robert Drummond and realizing that your offensive, their offensive line is starting to dominate the line of scrimmage. You get more people involved. We got to get to Drummond. We have to get to Drummond. Well, Doug Flutie knows that. He fakes the Drummond, and there's nobody home on the bootleg. He waltzes in for the touch. Well, the kickoff return, then the first possession, back-to-back -back Argo touchdowns with only 4.15 gone. In the third quarter at Commonwealth Stadium. Well, the magical Doug Flutie does it again. Saying hello to his kids back home. And Paul, how you doing? Well, he realizes that things are happening for his offense. He's going he's gonna to play fake right here. He's going to fake a little pitch, a little shovel pass inside. Now we can freeze it right. Look at, there's nobody out there. And Flutie scores. On the kickoff return, Eric Sutton fielded a short kick and little or no return as Donald Smith again was hot on special teams. Dave, since Saskatchewan's only scoring drive, Doug Flutie and the Argonauts have answered back with 17 straight points. Well, we talked before the game, we, you had to limit Doug Flutie's big strike capability. That didn't just mean throwing the football, that means running it. Drummond had the monster run there. You need to string those drives out a little bit more, making put 10 plays together. Now it's Reggie Slack that needs a lightning quick strike. 
out of the backfield to Saunders. Gets a block, tries to get outside, and is out near the 45. Adrian Smith forcing him out of touch. I'd really like to see Reggie Slack go to a no-huddle offense. It's not too it's not too late in the game for them to win the football game, but I'd like to see him up-tempo things a little bit. They're dragging a lot around a little bit on offense. It's getting back and letting him throw the football, distribute the ball, and speed the game up a little bit. Maybe lock that Toronto defense into some, some bad situations. Second and a couple. And Daniels straight ahead. And Sean Daniels drives up to the 52 for a Saskatchewan first down. Well, it has to start from the beginning because they have struggled a bit on offense. They've had a couple of drives, but for the most part, they've been inconsistent. So it's about getting first downs to start off with. You know, for that big offensive line, Chris Walby pointed out, they were doing some good things late in the half. Those kickoff returns really took the starch out of Saskatchewan's offensive line. First down, Slack gets hit, throws it, picked off. It's Lester Smith. The all-star safety and the top defensive player for the Argos this year who has the catch. And Reggie Slack is down after taking a huge hit as he delivered the football. Well, we saw the interview with Don Matthews right before the half. He talked about how they weren't getting enough of a rush, so they were going to come with pressure. This time, Andrew Stewart makes the hit, but he's the benefactor of the blitz, trying to pick up the blitz, and then... Lester Smith picks up the tip ball. He led the team in interceptions. Yeah, and he has both today. And for the Bermuda Triangle, the Smith brothers, although they're not related, Adrian, Donald, and Lester, it is now 17 interceptions combined on the year. Well, and they've been the Bermuda Triangle for Saskatchewan today. Adrian Smith on his kickoff returns, Donald Smith with the block punt, and now Lester Smith with two interceptions. Big hit. Reggie Slack. Hits the ground from the Andrew Stewart hit. But the hit, now watch the head hit the ground right here. That's where the concussions come. And that's probably where the concern is. He probably just got his cage rattled a little bit. Slack's a tough individual. Kevin Mason, the backup. I would expect to see Reggie Slack back in this game. He will not leave this football game. They'll have to drag him off the field. Been a huge game for Lester Smith. Coming home, Doug. Mentioned earlier today, Dave, that Lester Smith broke his leg at Commonwealth Stadium a couple of years ago, and for a time it looked like his career was over until Don Matthews gave him a call late last year. And Robert Drummond continues to chew up yards. Troy Alexander, an Edmonton native, with the tackle, but Drummond down to the Saskatchewan 38 as six. Well, you get to the point now in the game with. Under nine minutes clicking away here in the third quarter that this defense is going to have to create something because their offense is struggling. Second and four. They go back to Drummond. And off tackle, Drummond still going. Finally down to the 25. Well, he was such a dominant force in the second half of last year's Great Cup game. And looks like he's going to give us 60 outstanding minutes today. Well, Doug's going to give you a steady diet of Robert Drummond. Reggie Slack realizes that, and he will be back in this game. Make no mistake about it. This is his team now, and he would not leave this game. It's too big a game. This is the biggest of all 
especially the biggest of his career. He'll be back. Robert Drummond has 107 yards running. First down from the 25. The steady diet continues. A flag down as Drummond drives his way to the Saskatchewan 10. Bryce Bevel and Ryan Carey finally bring him down, but it's bad news for Saskatchewan when the secondary is forced to bring Drummond to the turf. Major foul, face mask, Saskatchewan 58. First down. And it's Greg Clark called on the face mask. Well, Clark's the inside linebacker, middle backer in this defense, and gets wrapped up with Big Dan Payne, and then tries to get hold of Drummond and grabs the mask. So legitimate call there. Down to the five-yard line. The fourth play of the drive, first and goal. Guess who? This time he's stuck. Ron Getz shut the door. Well, this defense realizes that Robert Drummond's going to be the featured guy at this point in the game because their offensive line is dominating. You see Drummond's just racking up the yards, receiving and running with the football. Clark just misses. Gets Ryan Carey and Troy Alexander there to shut the door, and they force Flutie to maybe throw the football here. Second and goal. Flutie looking in the end zone, and now... He may run for it. No, it's Clemens and an easy score. Touchdown, Toronto. Well, there's not many fans with the blue colors on today at Commonwealth, but they're enjoying what they're seeing. Now yeah, those people back in Toronto that are watching, they're enjoying the, the Argo romp right now. And Pinball Clemens gets involved in the act. Pinball's really been an, a, a non-factor in Grey Cups, and the two Grey Cups he played in before, only four receptions coming in, but he gets his first touchdown here. And Flutie and Vanderjet have words before this convert. And then put it through. 122 catches on the year for Mike Clements, an Argo record, and an easy pitch and catch from Flutie to Clemens for another Argo score. As yeah, a decoy on a big kickoff return earlier for a touchdown, and this time now Doug Flutie looks like he's going to run the ball in the end zone. Coverage comes off. Bryce Bevel comes to make the play. Flutie throws in the end zone to an open pinball Clemens. Doug Flutie said earlier this week, we have not looked good against Saskatchewan all year. That has changed today. Here's Titus Winans dancing his way up to the 45-yard line. 26-yard return. So we take another look at the Clemens score. Thank you very much for your support. Not over yet. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep playing hard. Pinball, the consummate ambassador for this league. A great guy getting beat around. Now Bevel's going to go to the quarterback. You see right there? Drops his coverage. And the veteran Doug Flutie finds his main man, Pinball Clemens. And the boards. Anybody else? Reggie Slack is back at quarterback for Saskatchewan. Play action.
action. Narcisse. And Narcisse has it at the 53 of the Riders. Chris? Well, I tell you what, we talked about the offensive line. These guys are dominating. Watch these two guys. If you run it, Joskis is looking for Rodgers. He's picked up enough presence of mind to turn back. Great job on Troy Alexander. Creates the lane. Gives Flutie the option to run or throw. That'll kill any defense. Here's Daniel, second and two, and he powers his way for a big gain. I got a question for Chris Walby because he was in the last one-sided Grey Cup game, 1990, 50-11 over Edmonton. Uh, this has got to be really tough on Saskatchewan right now to keep their chins up. Oh, big time. Right now, you know, they need a, they need a spark. Somehow they got to get a score. They still got guys on that team that are probably believing they can win this game, but if they don't get something going right now, and I mean right now, it's over. Here's Reggie Slack looking for Mayfield and a nice catch by Curtis Mayfield to the Argo 21. You see what's happening, Chris, is they've decided to go to a no-huddle offense, which has speeded the game up, which in turn limits some of the things you can call defensively. Now you have to rely on the guys on the field, and the guys on the field are going to go to some of the things that are their favorites or some of the things that are more safe. Now it's allowing Reggie Slack to get in a rhythm. At the 21. Short drop, and it's Mayfield again, upended near the 10-yard line, and Saskatchewan should have another first down. Curtis Mayfield, big catch on the last play. He reads blitz, cuts inside, gives his quarterback an outlet. Put the game in the hands of the players. Let them make the plays. So first and 10, underneath Dan Farthing has the catch at the six leading receiver for the Rough Riders during the regular season seven-year veteran he was on the 1990 Vanier Cup University of Saskatchewan team with Dwayne Dimitrician of the Argonauts second and five but Slack looks to the end zone and almost picked off by Donald Smith Shannon Baker the intended receiver they have to go here. It's now third and goal, I believe. Third and five. Donald Smith had a chance to pick that off. It was just Baker pulling in his jersey. Actually kept that one from getting in. They can't make a first down without scoring. And here's the third down gamble for Saskatchewan. Slack over the middle and over the head of Dan Farthing incomplete. Jim Daly's team has turned it over on downs with 3.13 to go in the third quarter. Hey, look back in the mist here and you see they're in this right back in there. Is that Chris Walby? <laughs> hey, I didn't think you guys would catch me. I even put a hairpiece on for that one. Can't be Walby. The tub's not overflowing. Oh, hey. <laughs> you know, we talked about the offensive line today, and Jim Barker is a big part of that, and he wanted me to say hello to his wife, Robin, and the two girls back home, but they weren't able to make it out here. Just wanted to make sure we said hello to his family back home in Toronto. Argos take over on their own five for the handoff to Drummond. And Robert Drummond upended near the nine-yard line. What a horse he is. And he's following the big guys up front. 
And an overpowering day for Williams, Bercheville, Kisselak, Kane, and Giaskis. Although we have seen Chad Folk and Jeremy O'Day, everybody's got in on the act today. Yeah, they're a brunt of some jokes because they're big individuals, but you don't win football games without the big men up front. Second down, Flutie inside Drummond, and Drummond left his feet and comes down for the first down. Bryce Bevel made the stop. This is just a variation off of their shovel pass. A little draw fake, and now Flutie starts to widen the defense, and then back inside comes Drummond. But that hole is created by the blocking up front by the offensive line. Big Dan Payne make, creates the hole 57 right there. Kisselak out in front. Drummond falls in behind him. Remember the first quarter when I asked you if Drummond was healthy? <laughs> I think he answered the question. Drummond again. Well, Drummond making a big bid for that uh, truck that they give away for the outstanding player of the game. The fourth Argo in club history to go over a thousand yards in a season. Joining Doyle are Orange, Bill Simons, Gil Fennerty. Could have been the first man in CFL history to have a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving had it not been for the knee injury. And now the quarterback draw for Flutie. And Duck found a big hole and is up to the 34. Now this time, Doug just floods everybody outside. He's got three guys on one side and three on the other. And that pulls all the defenders outside. And here comes that big offensive line at you. Mike Kislak, 63, is going to get on Clark, create a block for him. Flutie realizes when it's time to get out. Another first down. Final minute of the third quarter. And now pinball out of the backfield. Up to the 37. And three for Michael. Who came in those last three weeks as a running back in place of Drummond. Doug Flutie saying yesterday that it was his job just to distribute the football. I think that's oversimplifying it, or, or at least taking the glamour out of his job. But he uses all the weapons. And he has some weapons, Chris. He has, he has the best in a lot of different positions. The triangle of terror terrorizing today. Nice catch there by Dimitrician. Off his shoe tops and another first down. And Dwayne Dimitrician, as the frustration starts to show, has been a handy guy for Doug Flutie this year, averaging over 21 yards a catch. Patrick Burke taking a poke at Mike Kisselak. It's a mismatch. You know, talking about the demetrician, we talked to him before the ball game, and he said his family, and he's from Saskatchewan, his whole family is, said, who are you going to pull for? I said, well, we're pulling for you to do well, but we're still Ryder fans. That's the end of the third quarter here at Commonwealth Stadium. to the everyday things that end up being everything. Here's to all things simple with casual clothing and footwear from Marks. Back at Commonwealth Stadium where the Toronto Argonauts have scored 24 
consecutive points. And they're in a commanding lead. Coming up next Sunday, can the law take down one of the city's most dangerous predators? Major crime followed by the life and times of Gilles and Jacques Villeneuve. November 23rd on CBC and Life and Times Tonight features Don Cherry. If you haven't seen that, don't miss it. Well, Dave, this is the point in the game, I think, that a lot of the Edmonton Eskimo fans may just put the Green Rider material away and uh, go to the neutral. <laughs> the, the neutral side of, of the game. And Toronto took over in the third quarter, and it happened early. The kickoff return, but they've dominated the game on every facet. You see the net yards at 405 yards to 208 there. That tells the story. But the special teams are not part of that. And Terrell Omer, he had just a super season this year for Saskatchewan at halfback. Took the brunt of this hit. See the head down. The head down on the big back. Demetrician goes about 225 pounds. He just got a little stiff neck. Terrell's been wearing the balaclava all week. He came out to practice each day saying, we're here for a robbery, but I think he's been mugged instead. <laughs> Argo 6 for 6 in the third quarter on second down conversions. Now it's a first down at their own 47-yard line. Flutie looks over the middle. There's Daryl Mitchell. And the speedy Mitchell crosses midfield, forced out near the first down stick by Eric Sutton. That secondary's been beaten up. Sutton was nicked earlier. Ulmer out now. Todd McMillan was injured. Well, Darrell Mitchell just comes underneath. Doug Flutie throws the football to him. And now Mitchell does what he does best. He had 1,400, almost 1,500 yards receiving this year. It's because he runs so well after the catch. Sutton has to just kind of corral him and push him out of bounds, but close to another Toronto first down. Yeah, it's been a tough job today for the young Saskatchewan secondary. Hey, you talk about how many first-year guys they have in this Grey Cup. They have four starters on defense. That This is their first playoff experience, the, the two playoff games in the Grey Cup, and three of those people are in the secondary. So it's been a learning experience. Doug Flutie and his weapons have come out blazing. Mitchell got nine, so it's second and one. And we've got an injured Saskatchewan Rough Rider right in front of the bench, still being attended to and blocked out by those defenders, Dale Joseph. I think you got another defender, another defensive back down, Dale Joseph down. We saw Terrell Omer go off earlier. Bryce Bevel is coming to replace him. Jason Mallett has had to come in. They've got people everywhere. Rough Riders have needed 11 DBs this season, and they're going through pretty well the entire secondary injury-wise here today. Well, they felt like they needed to play physical. We talked to Jim Dale, and he felt like that was a key. Toronto's come to play physical also. Second and one from the Saskatchewan 54 and Flutie follows the right side of that offensive line, Kisselak and Payne. And he'll move the sticks. Chris? I tell you what, Chris and Dave, we talk about the size and domination of Toronto's offensive line. Watch the athletic ability of Willie Williams as he comes off the line of scrimmage, allows, draws, lets him come up to the outside. 
comes on as he runs up here. Watch as he comes. He's going to flash him. Athletic ability. Come inside and then find Gary Rogers and destroy him and open a nice hole for Robert Drummond. Big Willie Williams, a former tight end. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders now have called a timeout. And Bobby Jurison goes to the bench. Ricky Walters, a wide receiver, slot back, has come in to play free safety. Jason Mallett has to play one half, and now Ryan Carey has to play a linebacker slot with Bevel sliding to the half. And if Doug Flutie has a killer instinct, he's got a sinister smile on his face right now. <laughs> Almazzotti with the catch inside the 40, but uh, it's tough enough with your starters. But when you're converting slot backs on the fly into the safety position, you really got a problem against Doug Flutie. Well, Terrell Olmer's going to come back into the game, and Ricky Walters is going to go out. You can scratch Olmer off of that list. He has gone down at one point in the game, but he's now back in, which now allows them to get defensive players on the field and take their offensive player off. Well, this is target practice now. Pinball. Breaks a tackle, and pinball's on his way, but a flag comes down. Mike Clements still going, and Ryan Carey finally inside the 10-yard line. But this one's coming back, a holding call against the Argos. Holding, Toronto 57. Now Dan Payne gets flagged for the, flagged for the play, but... The pinball run is spectacular, but the Doug Flutie effort is what makes this play. Doug Flutie is going to get out in front of pinball. What pinball make everybody miss? This guy is 5'6", 170 pounds. They can't bring him down. Now he's going to pick up a little convoy, and his lead blocker is going to be number two quarterback Doug Flutie. And Flutie's going to get the lead block right there on Patrick Burke. Give pinball another 10 yards. Doug was saying at the awards that he called Jeff Garcia after he saw Garcia make a tackle after an interception. He broke down a couple of blockers to do it, and then Doug Flutie leading the blocking there. First and 20, dumps it off. Norm Casola has his first catch of the game as Flutie continues to distribute to all possible weapons. Now you get to this point in the game now, and some of the guys that haven't gotten to play much, the Norm Casolas of the world, get a chance to come in and make a play. And Casola now playing the position that some of the featured guys would be playing, the Daryl Mitchells, the Dwayne Demetricians. Nice reception for Norm. Doug Flutie has used seven different receivers today. He's 25 of 30. Second and seven. Clemens. What a move. Beat Bevel, and Clemens gets another first down. He wasn't sure about his lateral movement on this field, but uh, nothing wrong with it here. And Don Matthews has to look on and just disbelief when he sees some of the things pinball Clemens does. I mean, Bryce Bevel's got him lined up on the play, and he just swims him and goes right over the top. Gets the first down. 
Pinball's going to float out in the flat and just catch a little underneath route. Watch this little move. Whoop. He's put on a clinic today, hasn't he? Well, shovel pass again to Clements who reverses his field. And Pinball, a tough guy to bring down. All 5-6. You don't believe he's 170, do you? No, I, I, I'm amazed at Pinball. I've had a chance to play against teams that, that he played on. And I sat, whenever he touched the ball, he was one of those guys, if you're sitting on the bench, you got up to watch him play. And, and it, it's been a treat to watch him play this season uh, with some of the games I've had a chance to do. And he's, he's putting on another show again here in the fourth quarter of the Grey Cup. Breaks records with the frequency of Wayne Gretzky. And he has another in this great cup game. Second and two, looking into the end zone. Clemens! And that one, I think, was deflected by Greg Clark, the middle linebacker. It's a couple of times today, Pinball's been awaiting passes in the end zone that didn't get to him. Well, that's a good play by Greg Clark. He's isolated against one of the toughest receivers in the league. I'm sure he thought, what am I doing out here against this guy? But he reaches out and just gets a thumb on the ball, which deflects it just a touch and takes the concentration away from pinball. So it's third and two from the Saskatchewan 15, and I think the offense wanted to stay on the field, but Don Matthews calls off the docks and sends in Mike Vanderjack. Vanderjet puts it through. He has never missed a field goal in the postseason. It was an 11-point halftime lead until Adrian Smith ran back the opening kickoff of the second half. And the Argos haven't looked back since. Well, people point to plays at the end of ball games that decide the, the outcome, but so often it's a play that happens in the middle of the ball game. And this, like you said, was the opening kickoff to start the, the second half. And that sets the tempo of the game, and that dug a monster hole for Saskatchewan's team. 10-23 to play as Vanderjet with the line drive that bounces down to Shannon Baker. Baker switches direction and is upended at the 30-yard line. Chris Walby. Hey, guys, I want to tell you something. You know what happens when you get a big lead? You watch these three guys here. This is where you can start having some fun now. We got the lead. We're not worried about anything. Pass set. Willie Williams does a great job on Troy Alexander. But no, Pierre Virtual says, I want a piece of him too. <laughs> this is what you happens when you get a big lead. You can start taking shots at everybody. I think Chris Walby's enjoying the line play today. <laughs> well, there's, been, there's been some super line play. He should. What a great veteran Pierre Bercheval is. Ten years in the league. Five with the Argos. Won his first cup last year. Reggie Slack still pitching. Finds Donald Narcisse. Met Narcisse in the airport last week after the dramatic win, and I said, Donald, I think next week might be your swan song, and he looked at me, dirty look. Uh, he's going to play another five years, I think. Well, the guy just keeps making plays. He understands coverage. He floats in the zone here and makes a catch, but he's done so many things this week. And he will go back and be training next week in Houston, getting ready for 98. Great professional, Donald Narcisse. First down for the Rough Riders. Well, he's one of the guys that 
had a taste of that 1989 classic win by Saskatchewan with the last second field goal. His brother, by the way, is in the New York Yankee organization, their Triple A club. Reggie Slack goes outside. Well, that was picked off the ground by Mayfield. And Mayfield has it knocked away, but there's Narcisse to pick up after Mayfield and run it out of bounds. It's another first down. Nice catch by Mayfield off his shoe tops. Well, I think he got a little help from the turf there, but uh, then the ball just shoots right in, almost like the hook and ladder back to Narcisse to pick up the first down. First down at the Argo 51. Reggie Givens is in pursuit. Slack looking deep, looking for Saunders. Touchdown, Mike Saunders. Well, we haven't seen a lot of it today, but that's the strength of Reggie Slack to throw the football on the run or run with it himself and this is a strike to Mike Saunders. Saunders is just on the post route which means he's going straight down the middle of the field. He sees his quarterback scramble. He just stays on the route and takes it towards the sideline. Now that's Lester Smith right there and that tells you a little bit of Saunders' ability as a receiver. Saunders let go by the Argos. They tried him at slot back which was out of position for him and Don Matthews decided to go another way. Saunders showing you there that he's a pretty good receiver. Mike Saunders with the touchdown catch. Four plays, 80 yards. To make it look a little more respectable for Reggie Slide. Well, the plays have been few and far between. Saunders is coming out of the middle of the field and running the post. And Slack scrambles out of the pocket. And Saunders stays on the route. And Slack shows the gun. Loads it up and lets it go, and it's a perfect throw. Well, Saskatchewan scores, and is it imperative to try the short kick? Instead, they just kick it away. This little action on that ball, and it forced Johnny Harris to scamper over and just knock it out of bounds. So, I guess it was a longer version of a short kick for Paul McCallum. But the Argos maintained possession. Looked like a little wedge shot there. He shut that down. Had a little about an eight-footer left for Birdie. Yeah, knocked it down the way uh, you did at Glen Abbey that day. With yeah. Well, we are seeing the greatest player in CFL history at his best in a stadium where a lot of people said he could not excel in November. He's answered all the critics, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Clements is playing where Robert Drummond started the game and Clements having as much success up to the 45-yard line. You know, talking about Doug Flutie and what he's done today and what he's done throughout his career with help of the pinball Clements, but Flutie, his you gotta start wondering what's next for Doug Flutie. Is he gonna is he is he gonna stay with Toronto? Does he move on? Uh, the guy is He's won three Grey Cups. He's a six-time MVP. Uh, does he come back? Is is the league in the South beckoning him to come there? you got to kind of wonder about Doug Flutie's future. But 
you were the only quarterback that we wondered about future. <laughs> but I did talk to Eric Tillman, the Argo GM, about Doug and his status, and he feels that Doug Flutie will stay right here at age 35, close proximity to his home in suburban Boston. There's Eric Tillman in the background. Uh, Eric Tillman is right there. He's behind the defensive coordinator, Bill Bradley, and the offensive coordinator, John Jenkins. The two men seated. seated. He feels that Flutie is in an environment that Doug has certainly not uh, disagreed. It's a happy environment right now. He loves the CFL game. I guess the only thing left is to build this dynasty even bigger. Flutie over the middle, incomplete. And there was some traffic there. Mazzotti looking for a flag on the second and 11 play. And Patrick Burke probably got away with one there. Well, I think at some point we're going to see Doug come out of the ball game. He's had a super, super day, but he takes a big shot on the legs from Rodgers. Tight coverage from Patrick Burke. But you got to think at some point Red Andre Ware gets a shot. For reasons like that, you don't need Doug Flutie taking a shot around the legs. High snap to Vanderjad, who's in trouble, throwing it, incomplete. And they'll turn it over on downs. Chris Zarka broke through and forced Vanderjad to hurry it. If Flutie goes out, Mike Vanderjad probably isn't coming in. Well, in a day where everything has gone the Argos' way, they get another break. Dan Rashevich called for a face mask, and so the Argos maintained possession. Uh, Dave, last year the game was so good, and it got down to the last minute. We didn't get a chance to thank everybody up here, and they all disappeared. But I wanted to thank our spotter, Larry Mueller, Carl Creighton, George Cootie, the Moyer brothers upstairs just above us uh, who helped us during the course of the year. There's the gang. Where'd you go, Mueller? What a great job these guys do for us, and uh, we appreciate it. Here's Flutie going back to work, and Dwayne Demetrician breaks a tackle and is still going down to the 35-yard line. Well, somewhere in Saskatchewan, the fans are cheering for Dwayne Demetrician. Yes, they are. He's had a super season, and that was a position that, coming into the year, that the coach, Don Matthews, felt was their weak link. They tried Saunders there. They had a, a guy named Malbo that was there that played, but... Demetrician, the Canadian, stepped up and said, I'll play that position for you, and he's really stuck, stepped up and made some big plays for Doug Flutie. 5.40 to go. Second, or first and 10, and there's Demetrician again. Ulmer on him quickly, but that's another first down as Clark takes him to the turf. LaBanier Cup star, and Robert Drummond cramping up now, and with that knee surgery just a month ago, he had done his job in the first half, and we haven't seen much of him in the second half of this game as the Argos put it out of reach. Well, he did the things he needed to do to allow Toronto to win the game. He was the key, in my mind, on offense for them. Second and eight, and Flutie wide open. Is Mazzotti, so the Canadian receivers now going to work. Demetrician for a couple. Paul Mazzotti, who's been great all day, that unbelievable catch for the first reception of the game that landed in his lap while he was sprawled on the field. And now Mazzotti has his third 100-yard game of the season. 
Well, take your pick. All of this has contributed to an Argonaut route here at Commonwealth Stadium. He talked about Mazzotti going over 100 yards. Make no mistake, Doug Flutie knew that. He wants to get all his people involved. And now he gets involved and steps out of bounds as a marker flies near the end of the play. Well, what do you think? Would an NFL team be able to construct an offense and have time to work with him at age 36? Well, as we look for Dave Yule to make this call for us, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's the right decision for Doug. Toronto 59. And I, until you can walk a mile in his shoes, I don't know that we should even speculate on what would be good for Doug Flutie. He's been so good for this league on and off the field that you'd hate to think that he would step away from the Canadian game, and more than likely he won't. But I think that they could put something together where he could be successful down there. First and 20 after the holding call against Pierre Bercheval. And Flutie to Daryl Mitchell, and off his fingertips incomplete. A rear drop for Daryl Mitchell in a brilliant season. Mitchell was a guy who was just another name on the depth chart at the start of the year and turned out to be another superstar in the Argo offense. Although yeah, he's they, kicking they, himself right now. Well, they found Daryl Mitchell. They went down to look at Matt DeBuck at Texas Tech, who's a Canadian kid that was playing at Texas Tech. And the coaches said, hey, you might want to look at this receiver. We've got this Daryl Mitchell kid. And so Matthews invited him to camp, and the rest is history. Second and 20, and Doug Flutie just going to slide as things close down in a hurry. Greg Clark was there, and no need to risk anything at this point. It brings up third down. Well, a miracle run in 89 for Saskatchewan. And for a time, it looked like the Stars were lining up again as they went through Alberta, through Calgary. Then here in Edmonton, Bobby Jurison, who made the promise to a viewing audience in a March telethon, said, stick with us and we'll get there again. Looked like maybe it was in the cards until they ran into this Argo juggernaut today. 31-yard attempt for Vanderjack. Mike kicking with a broken toe, but hasn't slowed him down. And the kick is good. Like Saskatchewan was offside. And at third and 16, I would guess they'll just keep those points on the board. Saskatchewan number two. Penalties decline. Field goal is good. Now Robert Drummond capping a brilliant season here and looks like he is in some discomfort. Well, he wants to be on the field with his teammates. They're all out there having fun. He wants to be a part of it. John Daniels out of the backfield. Pass incomplete. Doug Flutie today, all-time Grey Cup records for completions, attempts, and yards. 47-16. to 16. The Argos scored in all five possessions here in the second half. That's the gloomy story for Saskatchewan today, 47-16. Has not been a repeat winner of that great old mug in 15 years, but that will change here today. 
There's defensive coordinator Bill Bradley. We've talked about the future of Doug Flutie. His defense led the league in 22 of 25 defensive categories, and you got to kind of wonder about his future. There's been some speculation that his old university, where he was an All-American, Texas, might consider bringing him back as the head man. Second and ten, a marker down, a slot. Throws outside, complete. Donald Narcisse. That's the biggest difficulty in building a dynasty is you win the cup back-to-back, -back and they're bringing it on, and Toronto's going to get a sip from the cup once again, and there's nothing like it to win a championship. Flutie and the boys are going to win another one, but it's you talk about dynasties and trying to keep a team together. It goes coaches and everything because all the teams are going to try to sign free agents off this team because they know they're top players and as well as the coaches being groomed for other places. Slack dumps it off. Rick Walters, the Edmonton kid, drilled by Michael O'Shea, who is putting the finishing touches on a brilliant season at middle linebacker. The North Bay native who signed with the Argos and left Hamilton because he wanted to play on a Grey Cup winner is ready to be fitted for his second ring. Finished second in the league in special teams tackles. He's just had a super year, and he's a big part of why the Cup will be in Toronto again in 97. Second and two, and Saskatchewan will move the sticks. Well, speculation about Doug Flutie. Don Matthews, there was talk after last year's victory he might be headed south of the border and was interviewed by the New Orleans Saints. Well, you this guy has got such a track record. Well, you consider his record, Chris. I mean, four consecutive Grey Cup appearances, three consecutive victories. You wonder what might happen with Don Matthews. An 80% winning percentage in the last four years. Donald Narcisse, another catch. Well, now it begins to sink in for all the Toronto players and coaches that they realize the game is out of reach and they realize and now they begin to reflect on what it took to get to this point all through training camp, the fighting through training camp, the, the players that were friends that were released, the, the two preseason games, the, the battle through 18 regular season games, the playoffs, and now to have a chance to win the championship and, and taste the cup. Is Kelly Wiltshire. There's a few Argos on that sideline. They're going to taste it for the first time. Wiltshire, Kerwin, Jeremy O'Day, Chad Pope. There's Narcisse with another catch. And the emotional leader of that offense for Saskatchewan makes his seventh catch of the day. That Doug's wife comes down to congratulate him. Looks like Paul Mazzotti getting some congratulatory hugs from his wife also. So they're beginning to celebrate in Toronto as they are here in, Com in Commonwealth Stadium. Saunders taken out with a minute 36 to play. And the Rough Riders grinding down the clock. Well, Jim Daly's crew came to play, Chris. It they ran into a tough team, and everybody knew that Toronto was the team to beat, and, and it's come to pass. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have nothing to be ashamed about. They were road warriors through this playoff, winning in Calgary and, that, and then here in Edmonton last week. They just ran into a tough 
tough team today, but they've had a super year. First and ten for Slack. Going outside again for Mayfield and Donald Smith. Gets his hands on the football. We got more information on that gallery showing. A little pastels, colored pencils, acrylics for Donald Smith at the Nara Gallery. Yeah, yeah, Donald's going to have it. That's going to be the 22nd and 23rd of November. So, you know, these guys just don't hit people and knock the football down. They, they have some other talents. And Donald Smith is a, an accomplished artist and he's having a show. So I encourage everybody in the Toronto area to have a chance to go over and look at some of Donald's work. The Argos have put together a masterpiece this afternoon, showcasing all their talents. Slack into the end zone, jump ball, and Donald Smith bumped Narcisse, and the markers fly. Well, Donald, you're going to get an art critic or two, and you're going to get a referee that will throw a flag when you don't think he should. Well, we've talked about the fact of the Smith, the Smith brothers. We call them brothers. They're not brothers, but we... Lester Smith, Donald Smith, and Adrian Smith have played a huge role tonight. Donald Smith lost the cup in 93 and a winner last year with the Argos. There's the, there's the big boys from up front. Boy, did they play well today. That offensive line. Slack, keeper, and Reggie Slack is in for the score. Reggie Slack throughout the year and Reggie Slack paid him off in the playoffs with some superior play it just wasn't to be today behind Carl Coulter in the big offensive line Slack scores McCallum to add the extra point Mason with trouble getting that down but it's through and with 1.18 to play. 47-23, Chris. I tell you what, this is unbelievable right now. I was watching all the play, how it's going right now, and you can see about halfway through this quarter, the guys on Saskatchewan after the play, walking back to the huddle, walking onto the field. They've lost all the jump in their step. It's, it's just a hard thing right now for these guys to accept, and tomorrow's even going to be worse when they look in the mirror and they realize it's over. And they didn't get to where they wanted to go. Well, this team will be better for it next year. You can bet that Jim Daly's team will come out fired up because once you taste an opportunity to win the cup and get turned away, so often you come back battling to try to win it again the next season. I want to take this opportunity to say hello. Best wishes to Dave Ritchie, the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes unbelievably on the sidelines last week after suffering a heart attack and boy did he give these guys a scare the Montreal Alouettes came very close to upsetting the defending Grey Cup champions and uh, Dave take care of yourself what does what does Richie do after the, uh, the the heartbreaking loss against the Argos he moves 
loses himself and uh, we hope Dave Ritchie takes a little time off to get better for next year. A sweet repeat here for the Argos after all those years of teams failing to go back to back. There's a short kick that's going to hit the turf. The pinball's there. Being chased by Walters and down goes Mike Clements who set a record this year for all-purpose yardage. 1,000 yards in punt returns, 1,000 yards in kickoffs, returns, and 1,000 yards receiving for that little guy right there. 122 receptions led the league. We mentioned this last year. Doug Flutie trying on the championship cap. One of the tricks, though, of Don Matthews right. is the ability to use his personnel. And when he took over in Toronto, some wondered if pinball had a place. Don Matthews certainly has used him effectively. And Andre Ware now in, and look at Clements go. Pinball gonna chew up clock instead of yardage here. It's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, pinball realizes this game is over. He's not interested in getting in the end zone again. He realizes there's guys on the other side of the field that have a tremendous amount of pride. He's not interested in getting the ball down. He just wants the clock to run out and get off the field. He has a lot of respect for his opponents, and he had a lot of respect for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider team when they came in. First down, and Clements once again, and he has five more. Well, there was some that weren't sure that pinball could keep running the football. Don Matthews came in and said he doesn't have to. He'll be a slot back for us. Yeah, credit Don Matthews, and I'm sure Doug Flutie had a, a lot to do with that also. Finding a slot, and there they are. The two men that I really feel like found a slot for pinball, Clemens. He became that inside receiver and got over 100 balls last year and is over 100 again. Don Matthews just wants them to use up the clock here. Pinball one more time. Bobby Jurison is there to make the tackle. Jurison fighting to the end, as he always has in his 12-year career. Hey, you don't expect anything less from Bobby Jurison. He was really excited to play. Had a chance to visit with him before the game, and I'm sure he's extremely disappointed. One of the other four that was there in 89 and tasted victory, today he'll taste defeat, but he's a winner. And this will be it as the clock runs down. Fittingly, on the home turf of the last CFL dynasty. The league has a new dynasty, the Toronto Argonauts, Grey Cup champions again. A great cup champion for the fourth time. Four and two in the championship game. There's Mike Saunders congratulating him. He played under Don Matthews earlier this season in Toronto. Well, when you get to this point now that it's all sunk in that you've either won or lost the Grey Cup, 
There's such a finality to it. You see Bobby Jurison walking off the field. And it's over now. You know, it's all of a sudden the season's over. You've been playing and fighting to get to this point. Suddenly it's over. Sometimes there's jubilation. Sometimes there's heartache. Caroline Corey. Thanks very much, Chris. Doug Cooley, Jones, Udell. Doug, you've just been chosen as this game's MVP. Over 350 yards today, three touchdowns, just the one interception. I mean, here you go. You win it again. How do you feel about this one? Oh, thanks a lot. Um, just a great all-around effort by the entire team. We made a couple mistakes early, made it feel like there were other playoff games that gave them life. But uh, I think Adrian's kick return in the second half really got us going again. So many times special teams decide the outcome of a game, and it certainly did today. Yeah, well, our specialties have been struggling of late, and we finally got a big play out of them. It's been a while, so uh, that was that was big for us. But uh, we played just a solid all-around game. We moved the ball up and down in the field, and the defense played extremely well. How special was Robert Drummond to your offense today? Uh, hey, we started, you know, we started blowing them off the ball. First of all, Drum by lining them up wide created a lot of problems for them. They had to put a linebacker out there. We hit them deep once. They quit doing that right away. Then when we got them inside and hammered the ball. It just made everything else that much easier for me. Go play action, bootlegs, everything else. It opens up a whole new package. Thanks very much, Doug. Congratulations. Mark? All right, Caroline Corey, Chris Walby, what, do you, what can you say about Don Matthews? Uh, his fourth Grey Cup win as a head coach. Uh, he's done it with three different teams now, three in a row. Well, I think the big thing you got to look at him, and not to make pun or joke about him, but he is really the Bob Vila of the CFL. He takes franchises and finds players and it puts them in the proper place where they can exploit defenses or exploit offenses. He just he just builds. He's like the best Lego set you've ever had in your life, and you build with the dream machine because everywhere he's gone, he's created winners. The Argo fans were in short supply here today, and now you see the Argos going to congratulate and get congratulations from their fans who've traveled here today. Mike Pinball Clemens, we saw a shot of him earlier. There's Paul Masati. He suffered through some lean years in Toronto, and now he gets his due. He's the top Canadian here in this game. Well, he's had a great game. We talked about him early in the game. We said he's a guy, may not be the swiftest guy, but runs such precise routes and knows what to do when he gets the ball. He turns it up. He's always heading north and south. He knows where to get to the end zone, and he does it here. Often called the setup man, but he had more than 1,000 yards receiving. As Don Matthews and his Argos get set to receive the cup, for the second year in a row. Here's Steve Armitage. It is now my pleasure to call upon the hardworking commissioner at the CFL, John Torrey, to present the Grey Cup to the 1997 champions, the Toronto Argonauts. Thank you very much, Steve. And first of all, congratulations to the Edmonton people for putting on a great Grey Cup. Congratulations to Saskatchewan for a superb game. And congratulations to Bob Nicholson, Don Matthews, Doug Flutie, and the Toronto Argonauts, 1997 Grey Cup champions. Celebrating with the Grey Cup for the second year in a row as the fireworks go off. They were booed when the cup was presented here at Commonwealth Stadium. The 
big shots from the big city. And perhaps the best example of team spirit. Doug Flutie orchestrating back-to-back -back Grey Cups for the Argonauts. Back-to-back 15-3 -back seasons that culminate with the title. The Argos chanting as they do every week together with the Cup, the $48 Grey Cup here in Edmonton. The Argos still lingering in the cold evening air at Commonwealth Stadium, celebrating their second Grey Cup in a row. Perhaps fitting that they win it here at Commonwealth Stadium, the home of the Eskimos. There's Brendan Rogers, his wife at the game. What a story for him as he stood on the sidelines, injured one year ago, and didn't get his name on the cup, Chris Walby. That's one of the nicest stories of this cup, is here the guy who is told by the doctors you might never play. This is a serious neck injury ends up coming back and is part of a great great cup winning game and actually if you look at what he's done in the final against Montreal all along making big plays and again today maybe not making the big tackles but some crucial key blocks on that punt return and on that kickoff return to open the second half for Adrian Smith. And he's waited a long time for this because he spent two two great cups with you guys and the Bombers and lost those. So that's his fourth <laughs> shot at it and I he finally thank, gets it. I want to thank you for rubbing it in. It's not fun being a bridesmaid and I, my, my heart uh, is out to Saskatchewan. They played tough. They just were overmatched today and they got Doug Flutie on a hot day. The whole team and the offensive line of Toronto, we got to give these guys credit. They opened some super holes. Robert Drummond, anybody could have run. Now Doug Flutie took off for a couple. That's what you want out of the big boys up front, and they came to play today. It was indeed vintage Doug Flutie, uh, 30 of 38 for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, that might have been one of his best playoff performances ever. Well, let's go upstairs to the booth for their final thoughts today, and here's Chris and Dave. Mark, a 24-point win by Toronto. It's the 10th time in 20 games this year they've won by that spread or more. This was a dominant team all season long. Yeah, they dominated the league. They were 15-3. They had a close call with Montreal last weekend, but they dominated this game, and really a fitting end. This was the number one offense, the number one defense, and then tonight, their special team stepped up in a big, big way. They dominated the entire football game. So would a guy like you come out of retirement to take on a team like this? It certainly would be fun to have a chance to play for that cup, that's for sure. While they're celebrating in the Toronto locker room, uh, we've had a great week of celebration. This will not go down as one of the classic games, but it was a classic week. Yeah, the people here in Edmonton have done a super job all week long. All the venues that you go to are a class act. They're well, they're well run. We've had a great time here. They've treated us well. They've treated all the people who have come in from Saskatchewan, Toronto well. It's been a lot of fun here in Edmonton. So a tip of the cap to the Edmonton Eskimo fans that made it special, but especially to the Saskatchewan fans because uh, they left their mark on these 97 playoffs, didn't they? They really did. It was a lot of fun to see the fans in the streets and at the parades and at the different parties. And, and again, here at Commonwealth, they were a factor, although their team wasn't able to step up for them today. Got to tell you, partner, I am torn because I love watching you play, but uh, I like you alongside in the broadcast booth, though. Whatever you decide, good luck. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. It's been a pleasure working with you this year. Thanks a lot. Mark? All right, Chris, the fans are just leaving Commonwealth Stadium after the celebration for the Argonauts. The Argos are now in the locker room getting ready to enjoy some bubbly from the cup and, of course, celebrate the $10,000 each player has won 
by winning this great cup. We're back to talk to the champs after this. Robert Drummond, one of the many offensive stars for the Toronto Argonauts today. Robert, I don't have a truck to give you. I'm sorry about that. But Don Matthews just gave you a penny. Tell me that story. You know you know, it was actually the first day of practice we got here. You know, I was walking in the field. We were going through practice, and I found a penny on there. I mean, just, just having to find a penny on the field, you know. And I was just picked the penny up, and I said, you know, this penny might be good luck. And Coach Matthew was like, you know what, Robert, I'll hold that penny. And he's walked up to me and just handed me this penny now. And you know, what a great feeling to win the you know, third grade cup in a row, you know. But uh, as everyone had me, me having a great day, you know, I owe it all to my offensive line. You know, if they could all come around and stand up here, I mean, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those guys, you know. They've kept me up all year long. They've kept me going all year long, even when I hurt my knee. And what a great feeling, and we're the Great Cup champions. You certainly are. Robert Drummond, congratulations. Thank you very much. Mark, back to you. Steve called them the gracious and the classy champions of the Canadian Football League. The Argos defeating Saskatchewan 47-23 on a cold afternoon, on a gray day here in Edmonton. The Great Cup champions, the double blue do the Grey Cup double with a 47-23 win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We talked about what a team this team is at the top of the show. We had a perfect example just moments ago when Doug Flutie gave his MVP truck to teammate Paul Masotti. Let's go back to the Argo locker room and hear Steve. Thank you, Mark. This might be the quietest uh, winning dressing room I've ever been in, Adrian Smith. Well, we got 59,500 fans going for Saskatchewan, only 500 for us. You know, it's hard to, you know, to get excited about it. But, hey, you know, we're excited inside. We was here last year. You know, we know what it's like. You know, we're just enjoying it amongst us. That is called a champagne shower, sir, and you earned it. Special teams, the key for this one. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we went to the practice this week knowing that special teams have to play an integral part in this game, you know. So, uh, you know, we uh, designed our uh, kickoff return, you know, for what they used to do against uh, Edmonton and Calgary, and everything worked out to a T for us. But the offense was clicking on all cylinders. Hey, offense, you know, ran the clock down for us. Uh, you know, they got the points up on the board. Defense did their job and uh, stymied them you know, and uh, kept them to a limited number of points, and everything just fell in place for us. A terrific win. Are you going to think about this in the next 12 hours and pinch yourself and say, hey, this is for real? No, because, you know, we went through it all last year, so we know it's for real. You know, just another collective uh, 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 group with us and everything. <laughs> so we just, we just going to enjoy this back-to-back -back victory. Congratulations. Mark, let's send it back to you. How about Adrian Smith, uh, Chris Walby? Uh, two great cups in a row, and in both games, he has game-breaking plays, including this one, the 95-yard kickoff return to start the second half. Well, I think that's what makes this guy special. Not only does what he, as you say, both great cup games returns one for a touchdown, but he is also the leading tackler on the defensive side of the ball. He does it all. He's got a lot of hawks. He's got five picks going into the playoffs. He's a leader, and as you can tell, a quiet leader. He says, I'll do my talking on the field, and he does it well. We've compared the Argos to the Edmonton dynasty of the late 70s and early 80s. What about a dynasty in the making here? There are lots of free agents on this team. Might the Argos and their management be able to keep this team together? I think it's a little different now than it was then. In those days, the general managers kind of went and said, listen, if, we, if you don't touch our free agents, we won't touch yours. There's a lot of back scratching. Nowadays, it's an open market. Jeff Reinbold proved that last year. I think you're going to see a lot of movement of free agents this year. Doug Flutie is a free agent, but I've heard him say he would really like to break Ron Lancaster's all-time CFL passing record. Well, I agree with you about that, but I think Steve's got something, so let's go down and see what Steve Armitage has in the locker room.
All right. Thank you, Chris. And I'm with the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, Don Matthews. Uh, Don, a tremendous performance out there from all sides of the football, offense, defense, special teams. Steve, that, you know, it makes it all worthwhile. You, you, you fight all year to try to get here. Uh, and, and sometimes when a lot of people tell you you can't because it's tough to repeat, these guys believe that they could get it done all year. You know, they, they came to training camp with that in mind. Uh, they worked the entire year with one goal in mind, and it's just fun to watch them play this final game. Is there anything that makes this Grey Cup special from all the others? You know, they're all special. You know, this one's special because it's right now. It's a, it's right at the moment. You cherish every single one of them for different reasons. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of people I'm happy for. I'm happy for all the players. I'm happy for Bob Nicholson, who endured so many bad seasons before we were able to turn it around, and uh, Paul Beeston, who helped put all this together, and all the, all the people that went into uh, making this football team as successful, all the assistant coaches who do all the work. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's just great. And, you know, people who haven't been as fortunate as I have to be to as many, it's fun to watch these guys uh, enjoy it. Don, this is probably not the time or the place, but uh, touch on your future. Well, uh, unless you've heard something, uh, I'm still under contract for the Argos, and I love coaching for the Argos. And I'm sure they'll love to have you back. Thank you very much, and congratulations once again. Don Matthews, the head coach. Mark? Don Matthews now with nine Grey Cup rings in his collection, and there you see the offensive brain trust of the Toronto Argonauts, Doug Flutie and Don Matthews. Mark, uh, Jim, I guess you got to feel... Uh... A little bit disappointed walking away from this one. Well, we certainly, uh, obviously, are, are disappointed in the outcome. We're certainly very uh, congratulatory to Toronto. That was an outstanding year they've had and a great game. But as I just finished telling our players in our locker room, uh, as disappointed as we are, we have to re take tremendous pride in how far we've come in 12 months. Uh, at this point, 12 months ago, we were last in the league, and a few months later, we didn't know if we were going to have a team. And for this organization and the fans and the uh, coaches and players to have put together uh, the run we had this year over some uh, real tough situations uh, I think it says a lot about the character of our whole organization and, and, uh, and especially the players. Special teams often play such a big role especially in games like this and I guess when you look back and you wish you could have had better field position a few times. Well one of the concerns we had in the first half Carlin was uh, field position and then of course we come out and open the game in the second half with a touchdown against us on a kickoff return so unfortunately special teams uh, uh, we, we certainly gave up some, some field position and points that normally we haven't done, but that's a credit as well to Toronto. They have an outstanding uh, team, and their special teams are great tonight. Thanks, Jim. Let's go to Steve in the locker room. Thank you, Caroline. At this point in time, we had hoped to talk to one of the offensive stars for the Toronto Argonauts in their victory uh, this afternoon, Pinball Clements. But this is what happened. A young fan was leaning out of the stands to get an autograph from Pinball. The fan apparently fell to the ground. He's injured. Pinball came into the dressing room and said, no interviews. I'm going to the hospital to accompany that youngster. So typical of Pinball, and we certainly hope that the young fan is okay. So... Unfortunately, we had hoped to hear from Pinball, but uh, he has other matters that concern him right now, and certainly the welfare of that young fan. Mark? Well, a tragic uh, ending for uh, Mike Pinball Clemens and uh, what should have been uh, one of his greatest moments here, but once again, an example of his class as an athlete to uh, accompany that young fan to the hospital. Well, that's what he's all about. People that don't know Mike Clemens and never had an opportunity to meet Mike, are missing something. He's not only a great speaker, but he's got a great heart. He's 5'6 in size, but he's 10 feet tall in heart. 
and ju that just uh, exemplifies it. Football is secondary. It's not real life. When that fan fell out, that's real life, and he's going to take care of real life first. Chris, you seem to be uh, taken aback uh, when Doug Flutie gave his truck as MVP to his uh, best friend and teammate, Paul Masson. Well, I'll tell you why I was taken aback, and that's because of the fact that we all know what Doug Flutie does on the football field. But when you see something like that, a really... Just a, just a class act and, and, and talking about the Canadian player in this game, which I am one of, and then to give that gesture, giving your truck away, it just shows you what Doug Flutie is off the field, and that's a class act. The only million-dollar player in this league, a lot of the guys he plays with uh, earn a twentieth of that, and indeed, that was a classy gesture. One, I think, uh, would endear him not just to his own teammates, but to uh, fans and opponents around the league. Well, that's what I said, right? I mean, I echo that. I mean, I just, I think it's a great gesture, and I think it's from the heart. It's not something that, that Doug devised up and saying, you know, I'm just going to do this just for notoriety for myself. He's doing it from the heart, much like pinball in the hospital right now. And we do hope that that fan who fell out of stands, that little girl, is okay. We sure do. Thanks a lot, Chris. We're back here at Commonwealth Stadium. Right after this, it's been great working with you this year. Uh, your voice is going, big guy. It is going, day. and I had a great time. And I want to thank you guys. It's been a blast. Talk to you soon. We'll be back. Well, for football fans across this country, this will be a season to remember as Don Matthews eclipses Frank Clare's all-time regular season victory record with 148. He wins back-to-back Grey Cups. He puts back-to-back 15-3 records for the Argonauts and wins his fourth Grey Cup as a head coach in this league. It's the first time the Argos have won back-to-back -back championships since the Edmonton dynasty of the late 70s and early 80s. This is an Argo team that we should all remember because there are so many free agents it may never be the same. But if they can keep the core of the nucleus together, they'll be a dynasty. Remember Brendan Rodgers, the civil engineer who had a vertebrae fused in his back last year and couldn't play. Finally, Brendan Rodgers gets to put his name on the cup. Doug Flutie, six times an MVP, can rank himself now with the likes of Warren Moon as the last quarterback to win consecutive Grey Cups. And in the backfield, his running mate, Robert Drummond. In four seasons in the CFL, he has appeared in four consecutive Grey Cups, and he's won three of them. Reggie Givens was told two years ago by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers medical staff his knee was so bad he couldn't play again. He didn't agree, and look what happened. And how about Mike Pinball Clemens? The class of the Argos, he suffered through many of their most demoralizing seasons, and he gets his third Grey Cup title with the Toronto Argonauts. The Argos making history in their own right today, becoming the first Toronto team to win back-to-back -back Grey Cups in 50 years. It's an exclamation mark uh, to end uh, what has been a good season for the Canadian Football League, a season in which the league has turned the corner. More talk about the on-field product and less about its demise. It's been great bringing you the CFL on CBC this year. We hope you've enjoyed our broadcasts. Thanks for a great season. And as we say so long to you, remember the Argo dynasty. Is it in the making? So they say.